Make sure to follow us, the All Gen Gamers podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube and in iTunes. And don't forget about those iTunes ratings, guys. We appreciate those. And for all other info, links, and our forum, please visit www.allgengamers.com. Welcome to the All Gen Gamers Podcast featuring Pete Dore, Gamester81, Jason Heine, Metal Jesus Rocks, and Sexy Ben. I can't whistle worse shit. Y'all be all doing gamers acapella. Yeah. We just got the barbershop. Hello. 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 What up, MJR? You guys weren't waiting for me, were you? Yeah, we were watching the Grand Theft Auto porn in the meantime. What? Like, have you seen this before? Grand is it like a thing. Oh, oh my god. god, Ben! <laughs> right. We'll save it for the show. You have to. Oh no, I'm recording now. Let's just do it. Let's get right into this. This is. I, I just I can't get over like what the voice actress must have been thinking to herself while she's recording this. I just wait, wait. Want, did they really it's, hire? It's way more explicit than I ever thought it would be. No, it surprised even me. It surprised even me. So p- please describe it. Or, or oh, there's there's. You a can watch here. it yourself. Yeah. Did they hire like? Well, no. <laughs> okay. I, so. I honestly think the one once it gets to the hold on. Okay. Oh, once Jesus, it gets to the two and a half minute mark. Yeah. Actually, MGR, if you skip ahead to the one minute mark, you'll see the whole scene. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But I have to watch. But make sure you let here. it play all the way till the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's Live called action. GTA Five First Person Sex with Hookers. First person hooking up. Huh. I have to say this is by far like the worst in terms of like explicit stuff. This is probably the worst I've seen. What? In the game. I don't. See, I mean, the, the, oh, that's right. The, okay. Okay. Oh, just just wait, Jason. <laughs> just wait. Grant that thought. It just came out for uh, PS4 okay. and Xbox. Right, so one minute. Hold on. Let me see if I can like get it on my iPad. Yeah, I'm got gonna, a nice rack. I'm gonna okay. sync up. Uh, okay, I'm at one a, minute pa- here. Pause at the one minute mark. Let's all do it at once. Okay. Hold on. All right, hold on. Then let's all hey, watch wait. the video at once. <laughs> Everybody at home that's listening, you can do the same thing. <laughs> it's a family event. What the you gotta do is, is circle right, while I'm while I'm searching for this, tell them what they have to search for on YouTube. Okay, go, uh, go to G- GTA Five First Person Sex with Hookers. That's exactly what it's called. And the oh. video is by Mr. Boss FTW for the win. It's a three minute. Three minute and fifty second video, but start at one one minute. Exactly one minute. You guys ready? Hold on, yep. hold on. Hold on, I'm syncing it up on my iPad. I'm ready for <laughs> boobs. Because I wanna I wanna play it in the background. Yeah. I'm gonna he, play it too so people can hear the audio. What? I don't understand Okay. Okay, wait, just just wait, Metal Jesus. It gets better. Alright. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Up, I'm pumped. I'm turning up my I'm audio. Hold on. Taking off the pants. Hey, Alright. <laughs> Getting lubed I, up. I hear zippers. <laughs> ready? One minute. Yep. Alright, and Go. Yeah. Oh. So, what were you thinking? Make it rain. Offering money right now. <laughs> oh, my God, right there. Oh, my oh. God, right there. Oh. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I love how her cross is, like, right in your face. Yeah, she's so religious. Oh, God. We should have gave, like, a not safe for work oh. warning before this. Yeah. <laughs> we're past that point. She is saying, oh, God. That's true. Well, that was quick. Okay, she 
basically, if you it, for one. people at home, she just rode him in the car there. <laughs> oh, so nice. He must. He must have oh, came so really nice, fast. Baby. What else so can I do nice. to you, baby? What else can I do? God, what's to up with you, her baby? tongue? I know her I mouth just, is messed that's up. That's what makes it so hilarious. Her mouth. Yeah, her tongue doesn't so look messed right. Up. She she looks like a cow. Like fucking. Oh, she's riding again. Okay. All right. All right. That's what seventy bucks too. gets, huh? Wow. Wow. Uh, who says the economy's bad? <laughs> I'm hearing this in stereo too. That just makes it. Yeah, even I hear it from Pete's end there. I'm, I'm like, okay. I have the iPad right next to my mic, so people at home get the the real life effect. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, that was sweet. Use her mouth. What the fuck? Sweetie, you want some more? There might be an explanation after this. Right, part. Now, he, now here's he where it gets really. He just clicked fifty. He's grabbing her hair. Oh, yeah, that fucking cum. Oh, he's going for it. Man, did they hire a fucking porn star to do this? His knuckles, man. Look at that. I mean, like the rendering. They're hairless. Of all things, the top. This is this is quite the night right here. We're off to a good start and a good finish pretty soon. Oh yeah, right down my throat. Ah, <laughs> uh, Grand Theft Auto. Now we know why her mouth is all fucked up. Yeah. Now watch this. Her mouth is locked. Jaw. Really baby, bad here. I, I think her jaw locked in place. Baby, I, I feel like rest. I can really talk to you. I feel like God, I can her mouth is all fucked you. up. What the She's hell? She's talking. Her mouth is open the whole time. It's like some Hellraiser shit right there. I gotta, wow. I got to tell you something. You know, people talk about. And then he shoots her at the end in the head. Of course. <laughs> Oh, is that what oh. he did? Yeah, and he gets his money back. So there you go. Oh, there you go. It's, like it's a GTA tradition. You just shoot her and get the money back. That is video game related, folks. That is video <laughs> game related. You heard it here. It's fucked up. That's Grand Theft Auto, man. It's screwed up. Isn't it interesting that, that they that they launched this with fir- first person mode? And I don't think anyone saw it coming. Like it's it's just like a surprise, you know? Well, she she did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I was actually wondering about that today because I'm surprised we haven't heard more of a shitstorm about that. I mean, it's been kind of going around social media, but I was expecting people just to be up in arms. Yeah, it's really. Like, it, you know, it's, it's been tame. Things that are not that bad get more drama thrown around about them, I think. Is that, mm. I mean, it's like, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, like, the day when this game came out, I was just passing by the TV. And I saw the logo for Grand Theft Auto Five on the local news show, and I didn't even stop to listen what it was about. I was just like, "Yep, wonder what that game is doing now." I can only imagine. <laughs> where's Where's Jack Thompson right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw that, and I was just like, "Wow." I mean, it's a far cry from what I remember in Grand Theft Auto Three, where you know, you, you don't you actually see him sitting stationary in the car. You just see the car rocking back and forth. And that got on the news. You know, well, so. remember the whole hot what was it hot coffee mod thing that was again really blocking kind of lame and that made the news remember people they had to apologize or some shit or wait was it like somebody like you could make them naked or something or what 
It was a mod, actually, because you in the game that it was in San Andreas, and that was the first game where you had the option to date someone. And mm-hmm. her euphemism for coffee, she'd invite you over for coffee. That's a euphemism for sex. And then it would lead to this mini game that you're fully clothed. It's actually very laughable. You're yeah. fully clothed, and you're kind of That's manipulating right. the action with the thumbsticks. They took it out of the finished game, but someone dug into the code and they found it, and then they released a mod based on that. And then what happened? They reclassified the game adults only, and then they pulled it from the shelves. Then they had to release a censored version after that. Yeah. Again, it was never included in the actual game. It was it was partially programmed, and so so the code was there, but you could never get to it without this sort of like third party mod. Mm-hmm. But that is way tamer than this, and and so it's it's almost like that. Rockstar is like, yeah, fuck it. What are you gonna do? I mean, we're billionaires, right? Yeah. What are you gonna do exactly? Yeah. You're gonna, gonna be pissed off. You may as well piss them off in grand style. You're gonna think they like the publicity. I was yeah. just gonna say, man, you're gonna put it on the news, and we're gonna love it. And I'm going to sell more copies of my game. You know, they don't give a shit. If anything, it lets kids and parents know that, oh, there's a new Grand Theft Auto out because they saw it on the news. You know, and <laughs> it might possibly sell more copies. Maybe, you know, parents probably won't buy it for their kids when they see that. But, you know, kids might see it on the, ch- the news or something and be like, hey, I want that new Grand Theft Auto. I'm just imagining a parent walking past the living room and they hear that scene. And I'm like, what the hell are the kids playing? <laughs> really? Have any of you guys picked that game up, though, yet? Not yet. I'm gonna pick it up later. Maybe if yeah. it doesn't sell. I want to. I mean, it, it, again, the first person mode, and I, I guess that's kind of what I was getting at, is that, well, yeah, first person with these with these hookers, but but it looks like it changes the game. When you watch a lot of gameplay footage on the internet, it's like, wow, this looks like it'd be really fun to play in that mode. Yeah, not just for the gameplay, but for the graphics, because like I watched a video and you're walking around these places and you're noticing like really small details, like you'll be walking past the store and then you can suddenly like really see like the posters hanging on the walls and just like small things that you would not notice in third person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. And I know Rockstar did say that they completely rewrote the code and the gameplay and the mechanics for that mode. So it's like the last year, that's what they've been doing. So I, I, it's almost like a brand new game in a way. I'm, I'm excited, but you know, I'm going to pick it up on PC when it comes out. That has not been released yet. Yeah. The one thing I heard is that the vehicle handling in first person mode is not as good, but what the game does actually, it allows you to kind of switch back and forth. So you don't have to play all in first person or all in third person. You have an option to switch back and forth as you please, but the game will actually remember your preference. So if you prefer to do third person in cars, it'll automatically switch to that when you get into a vehicle. It's actually really cool. Hmm. Well, I love it. Love it. Wow. That sounds great. Because I'm not a fan of cockpit view. Like whenever I play a racing game, I always play in third person. I get like really bad motion sickness when I do cockpit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I like mm-hmm. third person on car. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to pick it up, but I think it's going to be one of those words like January, February sort of thing, you know? There's just so many games coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. This week alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. So <laughs> what games did you guys pick up this week? <laughs> well, all the of only them? game I... No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, I'm too busy to pick up all of them. I bought, I bought a game on the Vita. Uh, well, I got the PlayStation TV. That's that that's that device that uh, Sony released in Japan a while ago, and they finally released it in America uh, a couple months back, like two months, three months. And it basically, for people that don't own a Vita, this is basically like paying, like if you go to Amazon right now, it's on sale for $80. It's like paying $80 or 100 if you get the bundle on sale with the 8 gig memory card and PS3 controller. It's like getting a, a Vita that you can play on your TV, and you don't have to own a Vita. You can put the Vita games in the thing. It's a small little device. Um, you can download PSN games. And the really cool thing is if you're one of those people that's had PlayStation Plus for a long time and you download everything 
that they ever put up, like all those Vita games that you were downloading, you can now just play them on your PlayStation TV. So it's it's pretty beneficial if you're one of those people that did that. Um, but it doesn't play all games. So if a Vita game is very heavy on the emphasis of like gyro, like the motion controls are very heavy on the touch controls. It might not support it. Um, like even if a game has a little bit of touch controls, there are ways to get around that by using like the the PS4 controller. You can use the touch pad on there to act as um, a touch screen or the PS3 controller by using like the, the joysticks. You can kind of have cursors on screen. But um, anyway, I bought a game called with the strict purpose of buying it and intending to stream this game, because I think people would really get a kick out of it, is uh, Senran Kagura Bon Appetit. It's a music rhythm game where basically the purpose... Well, the pur- there is no purpose. It's basically anime girls with really big boobs making food, and you play a music rhythm game. What? And they make, yeah, they make really explicit Brilliant. like jokes and... references to male and female genitalia like it's it's really over the top and silly and just stupid it's just one of those games Hmm. $15 yeah actually if you go to YouTube hold on I need to go get a Vita I'm in line for that shit let me find the video for you (laughs) Senran now Pete are you gonna actually play this one because remember Indian cram school or whatever you haven't played that yet oh I played this last night late into the night he fired up like immediately yeah it's like the first game he played uh, well, I, I, it didn't support the PlayStation TV. Now, it's supported in Europe and Japan, um, but it's not supported in America for some reason on the PlayStation TV. Hmm. Boobs are too big. <laughs> Is that even possible? Yeah. All right, so yes. here's, here's someone's yes. video with really stupid commentary, so ignore the commentary, but skip around and it'll give you an idea of... All right, let's see. Shall I don't know if they really reveal anything. Let me see. Okay, Take a look here. It's like a very simple music rhythm game. It's just like hitting directions. This guy doesn't have any good footage. He doesn't show the jokes. Whoa. Whoa, what a rack. Dude, Dude I, I love this guy's like text description of his video. It's like, short version of the review. Boobies. Boobies like never before. Dude, she's naked. <laughs> I've seen desserts. She's I've seen naked. boobs and desserts. Her back is to you, but she's naked. You got side boobs and everything. This one looks like she has band-aids on her tits. Wow. The two two minutes. All right, go to two minutes, 30 seconds. That's the perfect example of Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's got like band-aids on her boobs there. It's not that's, that's actually the bonus where if you hit like a certain combo, they'll get right up in your face. I love it. She bends over, but they put a little face over her butt so you can't see... Damn, it's not loading. That's your brown. Pete and your fucking crazy games on the PlayStation. <laughs> I love this console. So this is actually a series. It's like a beat 'em up series on the 3DS and oh. and the Vita. I'd like to. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say that there's a guy with like a gray mustache and beard. He reminds me of the uh, F or right in the P guy. Oh God. Good choice, Pete. Good choice. Yeah, that's Ooh. cool. Yeah, so it's not that great of a music rhythm game, but if you're, you know, if you're looking for something really wacky. Dude, if you stream that, 2,000 viewers, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> I, will I be just don't want to get banned from Twitch for crazy. Well, no, you wouldn't get banned. No, from it's a game. There's, there's no actual nudity in it. It's just, it's mostly, you know, scantily clad. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, th- I have a feeling if I didn't put like a a, a warning like on Twitter, you know how they have that warning thing that you can not do. Not safe for work. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's sure some weird stuff and because there's cutscenes and story mode that are odd. I don't see. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think it's that explicit. I mean, any kid watching that, if his parents walk into the room, the kid is going to switch back to porn because it'll be easier to explain. <laughs> but <laughs> or, in a game it, doesn't make or, sense. Yeah, that's true. Porn would be easier to explain than this game. <laughs> that looks awesome. Someone walks in on you playing this. It's like the fuck. <laughs> we need to talk. Like, let's send him to counseling. But if you're watching porn, no, we get it. It's not loading for me. I'm so bummed. Oh, oh you'll get around to it one Damn day. It. All right. <laughs> So was there anything else you bought, Pete, this week? <laughs> uh, just did you get boobs? That's it. The hell? Yeah, I think I think that was it. Like I plan on picking up Dragon Age, and um, I mean, there's a lot of games that I want to see what happens with Black Friday time, like on Amazon. Mm. Uh, mm. And I just don't have time for Dragon Age right now, considering that I still have yet to play more than a couple of hours of like Sunset Overdrive and Bayonetta, which are like on my top priority right now. Once I have some time, did you see that they're giving that away? Sunset Overdrive is free this weekend. Really? They're yeah. not giving it away. It's free. I think it's free for the day for Saturday. Oh, play. what? Oh, well, that, that's play not it. the same. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, like what, it's like what Steam does. Yeah. Like, so it's like what Steam does like the free weekends. Yeah. So you can beat hmm. the game in a day, I guess, if you play it all day. But most people probably won't do that. Mm, okay. Hmm. And Smash Brothers came out today as well on the Wii U. Yeah. Um, I didn't. <clears throat> I forgot to like pre order it. I thought I did, but I didn't. And I wanted the bundle that comes with the GameCube controller and the uh, adapter. <clears throat> and they were sold out the, the day or two before I had to order it on Amazon to get it today. So it's coming tomorrow. So no Smash Brothers. No Amiibos for me yet. I, I think I've decided the Amiibos are just like way too expensive to buy all at once. So I'm just going to buy those as time goes on, like gradually. How I'm, much are they? I'm kind of thinking you got to just get the ones that you really want. And kind of go from there, because no. this shit is out of control. No. <laughs> it's a commitment. Once you buy one Amiibo... That's what I'm saying, though. You gotta I mean, buy every fucking Amiibo. No, I can't do that. I want a Yoshi! Uh, dude, that's dude who wants that fucking Wii chick? The, the, you know, the, the, oh, the, the yoga instructor? Fuck yeah. that. Wii Fit no. trainer, hell yeah. yeah. What? Do you really? Or do you just want them all? No, not really. I just, okay. But like, you know, once you buy a couple, it's like, you gotta have all of them. What are you hating but they're, on yoga they're pants? After tax, they're like almost. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm a big fan of yoga pants. Don't, don't, don't get me <laughs> See, wrong. That's that's the thing. Nintendo said that certain characters won't be restocked after they sell out. So I think the unpopular ones, like Wii Fit Trainer, mm. I'm, I have a feeling like those will be the ones that go out of production faster than others. Mm. They basically sense. sat down at a meeting and they're like, "What do we do about Pete Dor?" <laughs> and they're like make exclusive so what they're doing is they're doing oh, they're like for this you, is our Pete, target audience and you yeah. must buy <laughs> all of them <laughs> in, in japan so it's called the pete in japan it's called the pete door syndrome yes yeah. they're doing so, exclusives to stores too like they're the xenoblade one for shulk is exclusive the gamestop so some of these are going to be really sought after then how much are they Twelve ninety nine each. That's Fuck. not bad. Yeah, you like Star Wars yeah but do you well. see how many goddamn yeah Amiibos they're coming out with? Dude, they, have you bought they, Star they Wars three waves In the past, I have. But okay. back in the day, they were not thirteen dollars each. They're expensive now. I don't buy the new ones. I don't collect Star Wars anymore. Go talk to John about that. He goes ape shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars expense. Oh yeah, figures are expensive now for Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. Well, that's going to be crazy because I, I want Yoshi, but I, I think it will be. I think it will. I think we'll get to that, Pete. I think I'm going to get it. Stephanie will probably get a couple, and then it's going to be like shit. We want more of these, but it's so expensive though. Over time, mm, there's going to be quite a few of them. So I mean, that's why I, you know, if you buy one or two a week, that's not bad. 
how much were the Skylanders when you were buying them? Yeah, see. Oh, yeah, Pete was into that. Pretty good. That, that's why I'm trying. They? I'm trying to control myself. Uh, they range in price. Uh, they were like for a single figure, the cheapest one I think was like ten dollars. But then if you get like the light core, the ones that light up, or more deluxe figures, they were upwards of like sixteen, seventeen dollars. Um, the three packs were like twenty four ninety nine. But you know that shit adds up because it. I was in Toys R Us with Jason when we were in the city. In this new game. They, they don't just have the Skylanders figures. They have like these, I don't understand exactly what they do yet, but they call them traps. And from what I understand, you put them in the portal. In addition to the figures, um, they act as like, you can capture the enemies and put them in these traps, but they're like little clear pieces of plastic. They're not like a figure. They're not like really nice looking, but they charge like $8 each. Yeah, that's stupid. This and is going off the rails. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and there's multiple colors for the different elements. I mean, it's ridiculous how much they're exploiting. You know what? Okay, so that makes me think. Again, it's like, you know, if they do Lego Star Wars or even a Lego version of this with, like, the Lord of the Rings Lego characters, Star Wars characters, can you imagine Batman and Robin characters? Oh, my God. Holy crap. Even then, that would suck me in. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. They got a pipeline to your wallet. I mean, pretty soon, we're just going to walk into Toys R Us or Target or whatever, and it's going to be nothing but just little amiibo figures everywhere i mean it almost kind of is already shit have you guys been into a fucking toys r us recently Mm. they have an entire wall like section of the store that's just like 10 stories high of uh skylanders and oh my god that place is like ransacked (laughs) it's insane i couldn't believe it that sounds fun, though. They, they really it. found the key, man. They've It is fun, Middle G. Like, be careful. Yeah. If you ever get sucked in, it's dangerous. <laughs> like, don't I haven't it. been to it. I haven't been to a Toys R Us in freaking years. I might be don't do it, Middle Jesus. Yeah. Don't they have, they <laughs> got some up there, for sure. They have one that I'm aware of. It's down in South Center, and it's it's a huge one. It's, you know. Oh, yeah, South Center. Yeah, I've been to that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Hmm. Yeah, I don't need to go in there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, someone, you know, you just if anybody asks you if you need help, just be like, yeah, I'm shopping for my nephew or something don't let them know that you're looking at toys for yourself dude speaking of which this has nothing to do with video games that i'm aware of however uh, on netflix they have this documentary about bronies and the whole culture of bronies uh, I, I think i'm gonna watch that i think i, I watched it. it it's so good like it I was, was like, good yeah yeah i was like oh this is okay so they're not weird creepy old guys you know they're it, it, actually i really liked it wait was it the one i'm trying to make sure it's the right one where um one of them was like a young kid and he, he came out to his dad as like being a, a brony fan and his dad went went up to the convention yeah was um, well it, it starts off with the the voice actress so she's a voice actress she she does two characters on the show and it basically follows her journey to uh the, the brony convention in new york city where they they fly her out and i, I don't know I, I mean it basically was just on netflix I, I don't know it hasn't been out for very long i don't think but um, maybe you watch the newer documentary yeah, than we did. It, it might be the different one because I remember the one I saw, it was actually just called bronies and mm. uh, it's kind of a look at, it's a look at the brony subculture. So obviously as you were talking, it was the, you know, father who, you know, he doesn't necessarily approve of his sons or he doesn't understand his son's fascination with my little pony, but he wants to be supportive. So he actually takes him to brony con mm. and you meet a whole bunch of different people. I found it actually was really good. Like it wasn't making fun of them necessarily. It was more just kind of looking into, you know, why it attracts this, particular segment of the market and you know i have to be honest with you 
as someone who kind of grew up being a gamer at the time I did, I know what it's like to kind of be into those weird things people don't understand. So right. there, there was a part of me that kind of identified with that, not necessarily the love of My Little Pony. I've tried once just to see what it was about. I couldn't get into it, but I kind of understand that mentality, you know, and kind of feeling like an outsider because of it. So it actually was a very well-made documentary, I thought. Yeah. That's why I yeah. watched it, was to try and get insight. Because, uh, you know, like, I, I'm sure, like, what most people, like, Ben, you said, you try the first episode, maybe get halfway through it, and you're just like, yeah, not for me, I don't understand it. But I'm, I'm still so curious as to why people are so into it. So I tried watching the documentary to kind of get a, a sense for that. I think it did a good job of explaining it. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not like an exploitive film where you make fun mm-hmm. of people and laugh at them. It's not in that light at all. Yeah. Well, what's it called? Um, it's called It's called Bronies, the one I saw. Okay. And, and I'm just looking on Netflix. The one I saw, it's the newer one. It's called A Brony Tale. Oh, okay. And it and it takes a... It, it's a fairly big documentary. I mean, it, big as far as like its scale. Like it starts with the the voice actress. She she gets invited to to fly out to one of these big conventions. She's not exactly sure. She's kind of freaked out. She's like, what? You know, am I going to land in New York and be surrounded by all these creepy guys? And but but and then so it's kind of her journey there. But it also jumps all over the world and talks to a bunch of people who are are into bronies. And it's really or uh, My Little Pony. It's in. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Like, there's this one dude. He's got this handlebar mustache, bald head. He's a huge biker dude with like <laughs> fucking tattoos, chugging beer, and he's just like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, you know, basically like, hey, somebody come up to me and tell me that I, you know, <laughs> that I shouldn't, you know, tell me not to watch My Little Pony. It was just like, whoa, like you would never do that. This guy looks like he'd kick your ass in a heartbeat. Did he but have a My I, Little Pony tattoo? Uh, he might have. <laughs> he had Applejack on, Apple on his ass. Yeah, but I liked it, though. I, I, the reason why I was, I was re- reminded of it, because you were talking about sort of, you know, uh, an older guy going into Toys R Us. That's what this was like. And, and kind of like what you hit on Ben, too. It's like, I think we can relate as gamers or nerds or kind of, you know, the socially awkward you know, liking things like I remember being in high school and liking Commodore 64 and programming and that sort of stuff. And that just was not cool. You know, Um, there was like five of us in the whole school that even knew how to, how to program a computer, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I related to it on, on that level. Yeah, same with us. I mean, we when I was in school, you to be a gamer was really to be an outsider. I went to kind of a jock school. So if you were into football or lacrosse, you were part of the in crowd. If you were into like magic cards, Dungeons and Dragons, you were the one people would throw food at in the cafeteria. That was kind of how it was for us. But the Bronies documentary I thought was excellent because also it showed, I guess, the more positive aspect of it. Because you meet some of these kids who are very awkward, very introverted, very shy. And then they go to BronyCon and it's this very accepting environment. And you see them really kind of come out of their shell. And it also delves into how a lot of bronies have raised money for like children's charities and medical charities. So there is a positive side to it. I know it gets made fun of a lot, but if you see the movie, you'll kind of see it a different light. You're not going to be a My Little Pony convert. Probably not if you weren't before, but I don't know. They really kind of brought out the best of it. I felt anyway. Yeah, I agree. And another little aspect of it, and and we can kind of move on if (laughs) people are like, what the fuck is this all about? But, but there was, there was a guy who, uh, graduated he, he's like from alabama or something like that and um you were right out of out of high school he joined up into the military went over to afghanistan and put his you know, tour of duty in there saw the world became a man and he came back to the u.s after that tour and it was really interesting it was very very emotional because he basically just felt like you know the world is shit i mean he really just came back and was just like you know uh, there's this war going on it's not going very well you know all this negativity in the world and he really 
was drawn to the positivity of My Little Pony. And, uh, you know, he's not a pedophile. He's not, you know, a weird dude. And, and it was a really, it was really neat to sort of see that. His point was is that it's just so positive, you know, in a world that, that can be kind of negative sometimes. And so I, I was like, yeah, I can, re- you know, that's cool. I, re- I can relate to that, you know. Yeah, I can yeah. totally understand that, yeah. Yeah, and then to bring it back around, that's why we play video games. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of us have things going on in our lives, and, you know, video games has always kind of been, at least for me, the great stabilizer. That's why whenever I'm faced with a time like this, when there's some really good games coming out, I get excited. Like, I'm a kid at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like Ready Player One, you know, that that's the, the ability to just kind of go somewhere else and, you know, get out of out of the stacks, essentially. You know, get mm-hmm. out of that, that crappy life or whatever, so... Anywho, so yeah, maybe I'll go to Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah, you should. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. In, ter- in, ter- in terms of what I bought this week, because it was a big release, there were two big releases I really wanted, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and Far Cry 4, and I was going back and forth between which one I was going to get, and I finally just said, fuck it, I'm going to get them both. So Good man. I mean... I made the leap. I got them both on the Xbox One because that's the only next-gen console that I own, and I'm loving them. I mean, we'll, we can probably delve into it later, I guess, when we talk about games, but definitely I'm very happy with both purchases. It's funny you mentioned Dragon Age uh, Inquisition because I, I bought it. Actually, my wife bought it, and since Tuesday, she's put, I think, 25 or 26 hours into it. Like Nice. Hitting it hard, man. It's definitely. I haven't been able to play it. We actually have a deal where, you know, I'm the gamer. I I'm ninety nine percent of the year. I'm I'm the one who has the controller in my hand and sort of taking over the TV. But man, when it comes to two franchises, it's Dragon Age and Mass Effect. It's like I got to move over. It's Rebecca's time, you know. <laughs> Rebecca's mm-hmm. turn on it. So, but it, it's been cool. I've been watching her play it, and it's. What does she think so far? She she loves it. She basically, you know, it it's, it fixes everything that she didn't like about the second game. The second game was very claustrophobic. Um, it, it it dumbed down the combat a little bit. There was less RPG elements to it. Uh, this game is open world. It feels very much kind of like a third person Skyrim. Um, the graphics are beautiful. Uh, you know, all of the RPG elements are back. Um, and and in the combat is this nice kind of cool mix of of the second and first games where you can pause it and you can go into this like um you know this sort of planning stage so i haven't played it myself i just kind of watched her play it but it seems pretty awesome i mean it's it's it feels like dragon age but just kind of next gen so i mean the graphics are stunning like the blades of grass and and uh, the, the detail on armor and all that stuff so yeah. it, we might as well they talk really, about it really now, while we're on topic. So. Yeah, they really refined the formula, because I, I actually enjoyed Dragon Age 2, but it, it felt a little bit more like Fable than Dragon Age to me. Like, it was very uh, streamlined. Yeah. And the reason why people didn't like it is because the first Dragon Age gave you a lot of freedom. It was definitely not a linear game to the extent that Dragon Age 2 was. Part 3 kind of, it's a bit of both, actually, because there is a linear narrative that you can go through, but you have so many different side quests. So if you play games like Skyrim, Kim, Kingdoms of Amalur, those other kind of RPGs, you know, you go down one particular quest, path and then a bunch of side quests kind of branch off and then you have you, know, you you have the freedom at least from the beginning to kind of go out and to kind of you know find your own way i find myself i'm only about maybe six hours into it and i barely touch the main story i mean i've closed a few rifts i've done a few of the kind of mandatory missions but i'm off in the hinterlands just kind of doing what i want i have a question for you ben on mm-hmm. the party system i'm very peculiar when it comes to party systems in games like i'm one of those people where i hate parties of three i just feel like you need four members to kind of make a, a true rpg experience by by filling all the roles so how does the party system work in this because i know it's like what 
three party members and then one is filled by like a guest slot or is it four party members? Like, how does it work? There's generally three party members. Um, you, the main character is going to be the mainstay, and that's the one you play as. And then you have two people who, who tag along, and some of them are familiar faces from the previous games. Um, I'm not really good with the names, unfortunately, but you have like this dwarf who, you know, was a bit of a jackass in the last game, and now he's kind of got an air of nobility about him. And then you have um, this other woman, Cassandra, who kind of was like your she was your captor, and then she slowly turns to your side as you know you become the herald of Andraste. But you can also switch between different ones. So you're given a bunch of other characters. Some of them are integral to the story. Some are more peripheral, um, but throughout most quests, you have the option to choose out which characters you want to have based on their abilities. And at any of the camps that you stop at, you can switch out your party members. So if one particular one is not suiting you well, or you want a mage as opposed to a dwarf or a warrior, you have those different options. Um, but yeah, you can only have two others tagging along with you at one time, at least from what I've experienced. But oh, really? it's very, it's very easy to swap them out. Uh, the combat is a little bit difficult in the beginning. I don't know, um, Middle Jesus, what your wife thought about it, but I found the combat was a little bit daunting at first because the enemies are way overpowered and those assholes with the big shields they just kill me every time and, and it's, it, one of the things that it, it can get you into trouble is that the game allows you to wander in places where you know you are not meant to be but it's but there's no like invisible wall there and so we were doing that last night we're trying to it's kind of like skyrim where you know you see something on your map and you're like okay it's on the top of this hill somewhere and you're kind of going around going where the hell how do you get up this mountain right totally you know no. Yeah, and you're just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that happened um, to Jason. That's exactly it. Yeah. Oh, he did you? Skyrim. He, he tried to follow the map, and he was running up. <laughs> oh, okay, dude, I, I got eaten by a stuff. fucking like vanilla walrus or something in the hills. Yeah, you were, you, you were you were molested by a yeti in the mountains. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, so we we were doing that. Rebecca's getting all frustrated. I'm like, no, no, you just kind of kind of you have to walk around the mountain. Well, turns out this mountain is a mountain range. It's huge, right? And it's like going forever. I'm spending fifty minutes just like trying to where the hell how do I get you know and so we wander off in this place where they just slaughtered us it was like holy crap you know you can no tell more. actually you can tell because they have a red they have a red skull icon on them I ran into that just today actually I was fighting I was trying to close this rift and these enemies had this red skull icon and I played it at Borderlands to know what that implies mm -hmm. so I'm just like I got slaughtered so quickly so you, you kind of learn the places to avoid the good thing is if you do die the checkpoint system is very generous mm -hmm. So you're not going to miss out on too much. And like a lot of games of this nature, you have multiple save files. Like that's what I do. I adhere to the practice of kind of keeping multiple save files just in case something screws up or something glitches out. I can just go back to a previous save. And I've only run into a couple of glitches, one of which broke the mission. But it's been kind of the anomaly, which has been really good. And, and I really love how you just click on, an, you know, it's like uh, R3 or whatever, and it basically allows you to switch to any of your, your party members. So again, it's like if Rebecca typically plays as a mage, but you can you can play for hours and hours as a warrior if you want, and the computer just takes over the mage. Or you can switch over and play a rogue for a while. And again, it's like, and, and you're instantly there. You have all the stuff, you have the all the special abilities of that. It's, it really just kind of opens it up and... Mm -hmm. keeps it pretty fresh it's pretty cool it's highly customizable and i think jason you weren't a big fan of skyrim but i think dragon age actually might be a little bit more to your taste just based on the fact that it's got enough complexity in it to kind of keep you engrossed but it's accessible enough if you're not an rpg fan to kind of keep you going because i don't play very many rpgs i mean skyrim was really the last one i really got into but this one is kind of scratching that itch i mean it's a nice adventure you have a lot of freedom but also you can kind of make it your own game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just what and i love about bioware yeah, and you can drop it down to easy at any point too. So, oh, God. sorry, Pete. Sorry, that's a that's a no sell for Pete right there. Well, Pete, you're just gonna have to get some self, you know, some self control. Okay. So, like, 
you mean to tell me that when you're fighting a boss, have you encountered like any really hard bosses? You haven't been like shit. Well, I could just knock this down the easy, get past it, and move on, or you just keep it on normal difficulty the whole time. Um, I keep it on normal. I mean, the bosses are not... I mean, there aren't that many bosses I've encountered. You get tougher enemies, and some of them are definitely cheaper than others. Again, I go back to those guys with the giant shields. They're a bitch to kill. But most enemies, since your party attacks automatically, I mean, you do have the tactical map. You know, you can freeze it, and you can kind of assign your people to do different things. That's a, that's actually a holdover from the PC version of Dragon Age, which people loved. So that, I'm glad they included that on consoles. That definitely helps you be more tactical about it, but most of the enemies are pretty... They overwhelm you with numbers, not really with strength. So if you're actually playing pro- properly and you're actually kind of assigning your people to do the right thing, you're not going to die too often. So you won't really need to bump down the difficulty. Mind you, in the later goings of the game, that might change. And again, like, that is, is there uh, any penalty to lowering it to easy? Nope. Not that I've seen. So. And, and there never has been in a, in a Bioware game, game that I'm aware of, unless there's maybe like an achievement for playing it on super hardcore mode. But I don't think they do that, do they? I don't remember. I don't think that the achievements are difficulty based. I think they're more yeah. just you complete certain objectives, you craft certain things, you know, you, you complete certain in-game, you know, goals, and then you actually can get an achievement for it. I don't think the difficulty is really tied to that. Well, and, and again, from a developer standpoint, you know, they want they spend all this time and energy and money making these games. It's like they would probably like people to at least get to the end or close to it. And so, yeah, I heard it's a long game. Yeah, it, it seems like it. Yeah, I think K- Kinsey, I was actually reading her Twitter. She put in 23 hours on the first day. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah. Girl yeah. is playing. The, the one thing I know about Bioware fans, and I know many of them on Twitter, um, I, I kind of run in the circle of people who are, they do Bioware cosplay. They're big, in, they're big fans of Dragon Age in particular. They got it day one, and they've been playing it nonstop ever since. Some of them have broken the 60-hour mark, and it's only been week one. And yeah, because like I said, Rebecca is, you know, 23 hours or so. And we were looking at the map last night and it's like, Jesus, I mean, there's a lot to do. And again, that's perfect for her because she loves to do that. You know, it's like it's her one game. I mean, unless unless they release Mass Effect 4 here, I mean, this is going to what this is what she's going to play probably to the end of the year. So. Mm-hmm. But but I encourage you to get it, Pete. I think you like RPGs, and there's enough in there to kind of it'll satisfy, and you can customize it to whatever you want to make it. So it'll be the game that you want. Mm-hmm. See, like yeah. the thing I love most about games like this is the sense that like I'm running around with my party, and everybody fills a role. And I, it's always bothered me. Like I loved Final Fantasy XII because it did something similar, where you know everybody fills a role and everything. But then there were only three party members, so I always felt like okay, there's the tank. And then there's the healer, but from what I understand, Dragon Age doesn't really have a dedicated healer, at least mm-hmm. the new one. Uh, and then, you know, there's the out, damage dealer. They, they took out the magic healing altogether, so you actually have to rely upon potions. The good news is that they're replenished every time you go to rest or you go back to the town. Do you feel limited, though, where, like, you always have to have, like, a tank that gets aggro? Or can you roll with a party of, like, three mages? You know what? Most of the most of your party members go on autopilot, unless you actually use the tactical map. I really find that combat in this game, and, and I don't know, uh, Metal Jesus, you might feel differently, but combat doesn't really feel like the central focus of it. More, it's completing quests, completing objectives, exploring the world. Combat just feels to me like, you know, you kind of do your thing, you hack and slash. It's action RPG, basically. And your your cohorts kind of do their own thing, and they just they go on autopilot. The only thing I would say to that is that, well, that's true, but I also feel that that's based on difficulty. I think, I don't know, I haven't played the game yet, but I feel like if you want to have the, the focus of the game on combat, raise the difficulty, because then you would have to pause the game and do all that planning. Kind of like what you had to do with Knights of the Old Republic back in the day. 
you could not just sort of run into you know a, a group of stormtroopers. You had to pause that and really plan out your attacks. Mm-hmm. And this game doesn't make you do that on the normal difficulty. But I again, I feel like if you want that, you could get it. Yeah. My last question: If I haven't played Dragon Age two, and if I played Dragon Age one so long ago that I don't remember shit about it, <laughs> am I going to be lost in terms of story and characters in this? The the lore might go over your head, as will some of the characters. But I think there's resources online, and I think even on the mm-hmm. Bioware site, because keep in mind this is a new generation game for the for all intents and purposes. So a lot of the save files from the 360 or the PS3, they're not going to be transferred over to the right. Xbox or the PS4. So there are resources on the Bioware site where you can actually read up on the lore and the history and who the character are like I did remember some of them from having played Dragon Age 2 maybe three years ago so there there will be a sense of familiarity and actually uh, Kotaku had an excellent write-up I believe it was on Monday of this week where they they basically said this is what you need to know to play the game from from scratch and and to be quite honest I I don't really pay attention to a lot of that sort of stuff that that you know because there's a lot. It's like Lord of the Rings. Sometimes you're just like, okay, whatever, you know. Just tell me the tell me the the details, or you know, t- tell me that what I need to know right now. But I read that article that they had, and I was like, oh, that's right. That person does this, and you know, what I mean, oh, these people worship this. It was actually a really nice little read, and it wasn't too long. So to answer your question, um, it actually does both. So it has a really interesting feature that if you go to dragonagekeep.com and you log in with your origin account, if you have one, you can actually on that website, it'll ask you, it's like, okay, did you play uh, dragon age origins? Great. What happened? And it literally, it, it, it has this interface where, okay, did you sleep with this person or that person? And you can go through there and basically build up dragon age one and two. And then the next time you launch uh, dragon age inquisition, it says, Hey, do you have an origin account? Log in. And, it modifies the game to it, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, and, and so that's how they're, they're getting around the whole save game aspect of it, which is kind of cool. But to answer your question, though, we started it, and we didn't even know that. And so we played it for quite a while, and, you know, it just... It, it's it's different enough. It's, it's not taking place at exactly the same time, as far as I can tell, or mm-hmm. with the exact same types of characters. So, um, you know, it, it, it's its own game. Yeah, it takes on a life of its own after a while, and there's enough lore and there's enough new characters to kind of make it feel like it's a stand-apart game, even though it does it's referential to the, or, the earlier games in the series. So, I, so, I recommend giving a shot. We give it a thumbs up. We give it a thumbs up. The other one I definitely give a thumbs up to is Far Cry 4. Really, really liking that game. And you're have playing any that you- on Xbox One? Xbox One, yeah. Okay. I don't have a PC. I don't have a PC capable of running it. And Ubisoft games on PCs typically don't fare well. I'm sure Assassin's Creed fans know what I'm talking about, dude. Oh, can I just make a note here, just for a second, not to interrupt mm-hmm. you, Ben? But oh, please do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Far Cry Four. Um, again, big shout out to my friend Brandon, who was extremely generous once again and gifted me that game on PC. Wow. And that game, first of all. Right when that came out, I was reading all the bullshit that Unity was having Mm -hmm. and all of the fucking faces, the faceless faces that I'm still having nightmares about on Unity. Do you guys see those? I saw them. It was ridiculous. It's like Rocky on the PS2. Yeah, it's scary, actually. And those faces, I can't get out of my mind. (laughs) Seeing their eyes and their whole teeth and jaw bones and shit. It's like, oh, my God, it's freaking me out. So that's happening to a lot of people, huh? It is. Yeah. And I'm reading about all this buggy shit, and I'm like, oh, man. But I really want to play Far Cry 4. Far Cry 3 was amazing. 
and I love that game. And I can't launch the game. It just crashes the desktop. Black screen crashes. And then I went and read some more. A lot of people on PC have this issue. I guess Ubisoft issued a day one patch. Mine didn't auto-do it, so I went and manually did the patch. Got the game to launch. And it's beautiful. It looks amazing on PC. Except that the controls are so messed up, man. The There's um, forced mouse acceleration. And input lag is through the roof. It's it's unplayable, actually, for me. And I'm... I don't know. I, I guess I can say I'm kind of a a picky person when it comes to my controls like i don't want input lag at all you know i I feel like we're in a place today where you know the mouse acceleration and input lag and all this the sensitivity options and things can be so easy to do but it's almost like the mouse is emulating a joystick like there's thresholds like when i move it fast it will not go fast and when i move the mouse just a little bit nothing happens on the screen it is so broken the i went and looked it up the forums are blowing up with everyone complaining about it there's even a change.org page already made about it and people are going nuts <laughs> and it's like i feel really bad because they're just having like the rockiest launches for these games well, keep it in perspective, too. I mean, historically, Ubisoft games on PCs have always been, at least from what I've heard from people, and I know a lot of people who are kind of purist PC gamers, they say the Ubisoft products on PCs are generally not as good as consoles. Um, just for the fact, I think you play, having them shoehorn it at every game plays a part. But um, I'm playing it on the console. I've had absolutely zero issues. Um, yeah, and, exactly. and it kind of makes it kind of makes me wonder if the games are kind of being built from the ground up for consoles and then they're just kind of being lazily ported over to the PC. That's what I suspect is going exactly on. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is I really mean, sad for, for, you know, for PC people. It's like there was a time when it was the other way around. Yeah. Well, it should be, my theory is it should be lateral across the board. I mean, if it's a good port for one, it should be a good port for all of them. I mean, it's interesting when I talk about getting an Xbox One and then everyone is kind of evangelizing that the PS4 is better. Really, I've looked at both console versions. They look the same. Usually it's console versus PC where you kind of get the real differences. And I think a game like Far Cry 4, which is really graphics heavy, that has a lot of real fine detail in it, PC would be the ideal platform for it. Well, you know, in the end of the day, they're all fantastic and they all are great. I just wish that they all fucking worked right. Yeah, well, that's a basic expectation. You know, <laughs> that is that's all it really comes down to. Yeah. So the game's but, broken. You know, I can't really play it, and it's sad because I want to really bad, and hopefully they address it. Yeah. Well, I have been playing it. Not to rub salt in the wound. Or <laughs> well, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. No, sorry. I feel. Like, I feel like. No, no. Seriously. Right? No. I mean, I I know people talking about it. You know what? People even plug in their controllers on PC and play it, and it's just fine. Mm-hmm. But I on a shooter I have to, I'm a keyboard joystick old school guy I got to do it that way keyboard mouse yeah or yeah sorry keyboard, <laughs> keyboard mouse that'd be pretty cool if it was a joystick actually yeah. like an old Gravis joystick you know like <laughs> yeah with like two buttons on the top yeah. <laughs> you use old Atari joystick trying to like ah shoot the button. <laughs> No, but the, yeah. the console port, yeah, the console version I'm playing. I mean, I have to say, this is the first game that's made me really feel like, well, outside of Forza Horizon 2, but even then, I mean, I played a lot of really good racing games. This is the first game that really made me feel like I'm playing next gen. Mm. And for the simple reason, I played Far Cry 3 a lot, and I, I absolutely love that game. The good thing is, if you haven't played Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4 is completely separate, so you don't have to go back and play it to have, get the events in this game. Different character, different setting, different villain. Uh, with this game, it's just even the fine details, and I'm even noticing it now, because in the past I was like, ah, oh, 
foliage is foliage grass is grass but you look down on the ground there's like these individual blades of grass moving in the wind and dirt textures that look realistic and you go back to the xbox 360 you see the jaggies and all that stuff and i don't know for me it just really feels like it's coming full circle with the next gen just and, in terms of graphics and the intro once again just like in far cry 3 did not disappoint yeah that pang min guy i think that's his name he is ridiculous just the, the sh- voice acting is incredible you yeah know? the shame the shame is we don't see him much in the actual game outside of that opening sequence because pagan mins that that's his name he's this flamboyant uh british i don't know i guess you would call him a like a dictator of some sort he kind of rules over this himalayan town if you will or an island and he's just a real psychopath but he's also a very eloquent speaker so he's kind of a that mix and mm. i love him as a character but then you only really hear him on radio chatter after that mm-hmm. yeah he's like do you remember me and you're like no and he's like to the guy next to him he's like give me your money like how much yeah. do you want all of it takes out all his money and he's like here here's a picture of me on this one here's a picture of me on this one <laughs> oh, yeah really it's like real it's just so good like the voice acting and everything is in, just over the top i love it and his look too i mean he looks like sasha baron cohen from bruno like that's what the guy looks like and he is just over the top as hell and i love the beginning just where he's like i've cleared my calendar we're gonna break shit mm-hmm. the titles come up he, he know, catches that guy texting and he's like Oh, we're texting, huh? He's like, looks at his homies. He's like, we're not checking for their phones anymore now, guys, huh? Why is he texting yeah. over here? <laughs> yeah, he's 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 played definitely for comedy value. It's I think the problem is too is that he he's presented as such a good villain in the beginning, but he doesn't really his character, at least from what I've heard, I'm about maybe ten hours into the game, and he hasn't really gone beyond that caricature yet. Um, at least in the other game, uh, Far Cry Three, you had the character of Voss who was completely whacked out of his brain the whole time. Yeah, yeah, like he was a good villain. I have to say. I think in this one, and again, the DLC might actually expand upon it, but that's the only thing that feels like a missed opportunity. But with Far Cry 4, I just love the Himalayan setting because you you have the kind of the lush foliage that you saw in Far Cry 3, but then also you have the snow-capped mountains. You have a much more varied surroundings. But again, the basics of the game kind of remain the same. So you're just kind of going around liberating outposts, you know, doing jobs for the villagers. But there's more of a political component this time because you have to take sides with different people in the village who want different outcomes because it's a rebellion against like these refugees and kind of this despotic army who's oppressing them. So you're kind of caught in the middle of this political conflict. It's a much richer story, I think, than Far Cry 3, which was, you know, you're a guy who's trying to rescue his friends and then you become like the savage. It was a good story, but I think Far Cry 4 definitely expands upon it a little bit better. So I'm really having a good time with the game. And I would say, I mean, I like Dragon Age as well, but they're, they're games that kind of satisfy two different needs for me. I, I'm a Far Cry fan, and that was definitely the one game I was going to get, and I'm definitely not disappointed. Well, I can't wait to play it next year at 2 o'clock. <laughs> they gotta patch that shit like i mean there's so much ubisoft hate right now it, just over assassin's creed unity and now these issues with far cry 4 i mean it doesn't take much to get gamers panties in the twist it's true and you know what speaking of panties my panties are so fucking twisted bunched and shoved up my butt right now let me tell you the problem is what's coming out next on ubisoft the crew Oh God! Please, uh, but, I'm but just that's, praying. Please don't, please, please don't fuck that? that up. December second. But here's the thing: they've Assume. released. They have done a total of five uh, private betas, and every time it's been, it's been good. Everything on them. I've played every single one of them. It's been fine. They just announced yesterday that they're doing one last beta, but it is open public. Oh, when's that? That when's is that? coming up here in a few days. It is oh. November. 
25th through the 27th. Okay, I'll probably try to get, hop on that then. So it is open Wait. beta for everyone on console, on PS4 and Xbox One. Because nice. I got to tell you, I'm in the mood for a driving game because I haven't played one in quite a while. So I'm like, bring on the next gen, blow my mind. Dude, I'm telling you, the crew is, I love it. I really <laughs> love it. So we should do yeah, it. I, I was desperate enough. I, I literally was looking at Need for Speed Rivals going, do I need you? Am I going to oh, buy Need for Speed Rivals? I've it's heard a mixed good things. Game. It's a good game. Is it? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and I, I was just, you know what I mean though. It's, it's like, do am I going to go to Need for Speed? Am I going to go back to the old girlfriend? Yeah, the exactly, old girlfriend, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, because you, sometimes you just need a little yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> or Metal G, Metal Jesus, you can always cheat on it with an Expo and Forza Horizon too. Dude, don't mm. see. Yeah. That's the, that, <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Though. Yeah. Do you know if there's any Black Friday sales on Forza Horizon two this year? Um, I well, I know Walmart has their flyers out. Um, here in Canada, we get dog shit when it comes to Black Friday deals. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I keep forgetting your <laughs> damn Ken. Well, we we do we do have it here, but they're just not nearly as good. Like you're not going to yeah. see people beating the crap out of each other for cheap bath towels here in Canada. Like we just don't have those kind of deals. Uh, you're missing out. You're missing out. Uh, you're missing, missing out, out <laughs> America. It's not the champion. But I don't know, Metal Jesus. If you want Need for Speed: The Rivals, it's only thirty coins on ninety nine gamers. Yeah. I need the console first, damn it. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. But no, I mean, the crew actually looks really good. I'm just hoping Ubisoft doesn't mess that up because I'm actually also in the mood for driving games. I always love a good racer on a console. And mm. this, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of like it's an MMO cross with a racing game. They have branded it a car PG. Nice. <laughs> and I like it. I like the name. Yeah. I, I laughed at first. And then I said, no, actually, I like this. So that doesn't make sense, but it, car PG, because PG and RPG. Playing game, role playing game. So car playing game. Okay, playing? so so they had a meeting <laughs> and they're like, "Really, Pete? What do really? we do about Pete Dor? <laughs> <laughs> he will question everything." <laughs> so it's just basically an RPG. You know, it's a racing open world RPG element game. You know, leveling up your car parts, forming a crew, driving around. So I mean, it has those elements for sure. And, like, your little quests and things are throughout the world where you can do, like, little slaloms or jumps or minigames type of a thing to try to beat other people's records. And, you know, if you get gold, bronze, or silver, you'll get different parts and level up and points and stuff. And it's really cool. It seems like the kind of game, though, where you have to play with friends, right? Not necessarily. No. The, the beauty of that game is just getting in and driving around and exploring the entire United States. It's a ton of fun. And you can really lose yourself doing that. Um, the real fun comes when you do crew up with with three other friends, four people per crew, and you can go around and challenge other crews. You can just go explore. Hell, d- the best the best thing about it is I get together with my friends and we just we're like fuck it, let's go to Pikes Peak. We drive from wherever we are, Detroit. We spend you know maybe forty minutes or thirty minutes and drive in the game all the way to Pikes Peak. We drive up to the top of Pikes Peak. And we just sit there and watch like the sunrise or something. It's very romantic. We're all holding hands. It's great. And then we just leave and we go drive somewhere else. Like that that sounds weird, but it is so much fun. I gotta tell you. Here's a question then. Can you pick up hookers in this game? I was just thinking that. <laughs> when you said the sunrise and holding <laughs> yeah. hands, like it's one it's one step romantic. Weird. Yeah. And then Grand Theft Auto slams in the door <laughs> and there's a hooker riding you. It's it's like you're in a big quest though together, even though there's like no payoff except for getting there it reminds me of like when we were playing yeah it reminds me of when we were playing um 
Goddamn, what the hell is that? Sounds like Test Drive Unlimited almost. Yeah, it does. Yes. I can't believe I'm forgetting the name Somewhere. of it. The damn, that damn sh- shooting game that we were playing on PC where people kill you. Rust. Reminds oh, me of Rust. Rust. Yeah, when yeah. we would just wander around and like, remember that day where we just, me and Steph just like climbed to the top of that mountain for the hell of it? Yeah, it took forever. It was so much fun. And then you get up there and it's like, you know, it's, it's nothing spectacular, but you get to that, like the highest point in the game and it was like, oh. We accomplished this. Now let's yeah, go it get was, killed. It was the journey. It was the experience getting there. But here's the thing, Pete. If you if you race within your crew, and you guys all... Basically, like let's just say we all form a crew. All four of us here. I can pick a challenge or a spot to go, and on your GPS, we'll plot it, and it will show it. And we all have the same little line that shows where we need to go. So we all can drive there. If you get lost or go off a side road, it will reconfigure. But... We can do challenges together or solo. So if I'm struggling trying to get through a a mission or, you know, a part of the campaign, I can say do a co-op join and you guys all get invites to come and help me do it. Then we can race it four player and beat that challenge and we all get points. We all get experience. So we all can level up. So it's, it's really, really cool. And something that they just announced, I think yesterday or today, I saw a video, which we have not seen in any of the betas is like factions. So they have like four different factions. It's like wolf, bear, something or rather it's like blue team, red team almost. And you join within your crew, you join a faction and then that faction and who knows, there may be thousands of people that are also in that faction depending on how well you guys do, you can take over territories. Because they have the U.S. broke up into, like, you know, Northwest, the South, the East Coast, the Midwest, and however well your faction does within that region, you can take that and and make that, like, this belongs to the red team. And if we're, say, we're blue team, we can go in there and try to beat that faction and overtake that entire region. So it's like, wow, there's some really cool kind of aspects and gameplay with multiplayer that I, I hope will keep the longevity of the game. I mean, I love just driving around, screwing around and not doing anything, but I also like actually doing missions and, and getting parts and upgrading your vehicle and because it does help and it is a ton of fun. There was a Need for Speed that had a similar thing like that. Remember, there was the one where you would take over parts of the city with your crew. It was Underground, wasn't it? Or was that Need for Speed? Uh there's so many of them. Well, Underground was a real earlier one. Yeah, I love that one. But I remember it, would, it literally had like blocks, city, you know, sections of the city blocked off, and you would you would own parts of it. Yeah, maybe that was Underground. I think it was maybe... Underground too, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that was pretty fun. Yeah, totally. So this is real similar, you know, in in theory to that. But look, if you guys have you know a PS4 or Xbox One, just just try it in a couple of days here. Just give it a shot, and you know, see if you like it. But. Hmm. I'm all over it, day one. And this is also from Ubisoft, right? You had to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they've, they've done good in the past. And actually, speaking of Ubisoft, there was another release this week. This was probably going to be the best-selling game of the year. It's the Wii U port of Watch Dogs. Oh. It finally, it came out. Wow. How is... How, I'm just, like, stunned. It's going to nothing. It's, it's, just nothing. It, it's not powerful enough to even probably come close to what it looks like on normal, like... Well, normal. You know what I mean? Like the PlayStation 4 and stuff. Here's what also worries me. Like when, when Watch Dogs first came out, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't reviews for that game not come out like way before the game actually hit stores? So people kind of like bought it day one and then the reviews came out. So a lot of their sales are from people that were like had pre-ordered the game by like two years ahead of time and for had forgot yeah. they did that yeah. and had it 
to them. But now that people realize that, hey, the game's not all it's lived up to be based on a lot of people's feedback, I don't think many people are going to spend $60 on a Wii U version. It's unlikely. It's very unlikely. But Ubisoft has also been a real bitch with their review embargoes lately. I know Assassin's Creed Unity, it, it wasn't until noon the day of release that they allowed reviews to come out. I think they probably knew they fucked up. That's probably why. But then Assassin's Creed Rogue, they didn't send out review copies till the day of release, so you ended up getting them like a week later. Want to hear something funny? A little off topic, but still on topic at the same time. That new Sonic game that came out on the Wii U called Sonic Boom, the one that's based off of uh, the new cartoon series on Cartoon Network, which is actually pretty good, I have to say. I'm pretty impressed with it. But Sega actually refused to send review copies out. People would call up. I mean, not call up, but they'd, they'd contact Sega asking for review copies and Sega wouldn't give it to him. So needless to say, that game ended up being absolute garbage. So mm. that just shows you there anytime. Whenever you see a game that's coming out and you don't see reviews for that game on the day that it comes out for release, chances are it's not going to be that great. So use caution. Well, we typically see them the day before. That's because I, I go to sites like GameSpot, Game Trailers and various others. And usually you start to see them popping up maybe the night before. Mm hmm. Yeah. In most cases, yeah. But for but for a publisher to not even send review copies, like people that wanted to review that game had to go out and actually buy it themselves. Which which of course never has a review on that day, right? That's your point. Is that yeah, it, it takes came, a couple it days. even came later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then all you know, everybody that was a Sonic fan will buy the game. I didn't buy it because I had a sneaking suspicion the game would. <laughs> freaking terrible but what's the problem with the game itself like is it broken is the because i haven't actually read too much into it but is it like a broken buggy game or is it just not a good game in general both like i've watched uh, the day it came out someone was streaming it on twitch and i watched it for like two hours and it's filled with glitches and bugs and there's actually a bug that someone discovered in the game where you can infinitely jump so you select knuckles and if you jump and pause the game when you unpause you can jump again immediately afterwards while you're in the air so you can infinitely jump and you can beat the game in about an hour. Talk like, that's shit. how buggy this game is. Yeah, and, I mean, it, there's just weird shit that happens. It's not a good game. Like, it's just... If you watch gameplay video of it, like, I don't even have mm. to play this game to tell you that it's not that good. This seems to be... A, this is a trend I'm actually finding, and I don't quite like it, where games are being released, apparently, in unfinished states. Yeah, this like, is... You can tell it was rushed. Yeah. Huh. I'm just getting sick of these fucking games being released unfinished. I'm just getting sick of yeah. it. Well, the reason being, and I've actually read into this a little bit, because I was wondering, like, you know, the the issue is the review scores when they come out, they're going to focus on the glitches in many cases. Like, you remember Fallout New Vegas, most of the reviews, they yeah. dedicated whole paragraphs to the glitches. Some of the glitches were hilarious. Some of them were absolutely game breaking. Um, but the problem is, is that rarely do reviewers ever go back and reassess a game after they patch it. So those reviews are going to stick with them and they're probably going to offset future purchases that you would think would be in the interest of both the publishers and the developers to, you know, take their time. That's why when a game gets delayed i'm not like ah oh, shit i'm more like yeah take your time get exactly, it right exactly exactly yeah. yep like is that well, what's happening with the new assassin's creed why is that getting such low reviews is it because it's really glitchy or is it just not that good of a game it's it's very glitchy the multiplayer is broken um you know jason made mention of the faces and people yeah. falling through floors and walls and collision detections all fucked it's, yeah it's rough on, on a Wait. game where you rely pretty much 100 percent on you know player movement in the world 
Uh, that's that's what a lot of people are complaining yeah. about. And with open world games, you expect a couple little hiccups here and there, but these are ones that any level of quality control probably would have caught. I think the problem is, and there's been a lot of debate, like is it the developers or the publishers who are responsible? We're now in the holiday season, and I'm pretty sure you know Ubisoft contracts their their development teams to have the games ready before the holiday rush. Oh, that's why absolutely. we see them come out every. The fact that we have a new Assassin's Creed and a new Call of Duty every year, that that's not an accident. You know, it, but, it happens but, at the same time. Also keep in mind, though, I mean, not only is it a new, like, well, they have two new Assassin's Creed games, but again, like one of those, Unity is out on, well, how many systems is it? it it's it's three systems, right? Because Or did they put that out also on the Xbox 360 and PlayStation no, 3? Or, that they, was Rogue. Yeah, Unity was just released on the Xbox One, the PS4, and PC. Rogue is exclusive to the 360 and the PS3. See, again, that's a ton of, of development to just do that. That's an... Well, and therein lies the problem, because it's almost like yeah. you're saturating the series and you're rush-releasing these games. Um, I think the best example of that would probably be Battlefield 4. I mean, Jason, you, you have experience with that. Dude, um, do I ever. EA, like, really twisted Dice's nipples to get that game out on time, and it really showed. And once they kind of realized they couldn't polish the turd any better than it was, they'd moved on to something else. So, I mean, the legacy of that game is going to be pretty bad. And the problem is with Assassin's Creed, it's become diluted over time, so... I don't know. The series is weakening as a whole, even for me as a fan. And I've been a longtime fan of the series. Over seven years, we've had 21 games if you count the spinoffs. So I'm ready to move on. You know, the, part of the problem, though, is Christmas. I mean, if you think about it, it's like most people have next weekend to do most of their shopping. And yes, they yeah. can do it on the following weekends, but that's really the only holiday weekend that you have until Christmas. And so that's why everyone goes freaking crazy next week. You know, right. not only not only that, but also it, you're enticed because of all the, the, the Black Friday ads and, and the great deals. It's just it's madness. And so it puts weight it, it puts way too much pressure on this stuff, especially when really games are a creative endeavor. You can never tell somebody be creative and have it done by this date. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially it when something that way. No, I mean, music doesn't work that way. Art doesn't work that way. You can't tell writers to do that. It, there's always this big, you need, you need time to let those things breathe, iron themselves out. Even movies, you know, don't. I mean, yes, they, they often make their release schedule, but it's sometimes it's barely. And, you know, it's just kind of crazy how they try to do this every single year. <laughs> yeah. Know? And well, then they, here they, we are as gamers. We're the ones that suffer. Yeah, well, that's why we get stuck with games that don't work half the time. And the sad thing is with Unity, I had really high hopes for that game, and I still kind of do. I think it looks really good on next-gen hardware. I think once they kind of patch it properly, at least I hope they'll patch it properly, then it might be a playable game. But at this point, I mean, if I were to spend 70 bucks on that, and remember, games are 70 bucks in Canada now, it's not a small investment for me. So I have to really, I have to really put my money in, in where it needs to go. And if you look at the games that have been delayed before, you'll kind of see, like Grand Theft Auto V, I think it was delayed by seven or eight months um dragon age was delayed by a few months as well watchdogs even i mean that game came out a lot of people were disappointed by the story structure and a lot of stuff but you didn't hear a lot of people complaining about glitches mm -hmm. so it's very telling that the games that they kind of put on the back burner are the ones that they put off even in the light of holiday season i mean watchdog they had a whole console a launch console for the ps4 dedicated to watchdogs they delayed it for six months but the end product was a better game than it probably would have otherwise been and it, well, it, it's another challenge too because they're tr publicly traded companies. So imagine if, if imagine if Assassin's Creed and and um, and Far Cry didn't come out this holiday season, 
what would that do to their stock? I mean, they would essentially lose hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, because they, they wouldn't have had anything. They wouldn't have had anything. They wouldn't have had the sales. And so while from gamers, we want it to be like the best it can possibly be. But honestly, it's like they can't afford to not do it because literally they, they well, frankly, I mean, the people who are running the, the company would probably get voted out. I mean, they would yeah. be punished. Well, here's yep. here's the irony. Here's the irony. The stock in Ubisoft did plummet after the bad press of Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah, that's that's true. It's kind of weird. Art, art and business are strange bedfellows, especially with gaming, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a long process. It's not like, you know, shooting a movie, which is a very big process in and of itself. You're creating something from the ground up. It takes time. And that's why often you'll see a game at E3 that doesn't come out for three years. And also it's technical and it's a moving yeah. target, right? It's like, you know, the, the PC, when they started making some of these games two or three years ago, potentially, they have to kind of project, okay, what do we think the hardware is going to be for the average guy who buys this three years from now? You know what I mean? Right. Or or like with the PlayStation 4 or whatever, you know, and the, and the Xbox One, they might have known what that would look like. But again, it's like the operating system gets patched, you know, they add new features. There's version 2.0 of the, of the dashboard. It's pretty tough. Where a movie, they know, okay, there's going to be a screen, <laughs> and there's going to be mm-hmm. some seats and some popcorn. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's, it's so, more, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just, man, it's just so interesting to me. I mean, let's let's just take a moment and look back. Do you guys remember E3? Do you guys remember our episode that we recorded? What the day after or something? E3, and and I remember. I mean, for me specifically, but as a whole, I know we all sat back and said. I mean, yeah, Sony did great, and Microsoft did whatever, and. Nintendo was was pretty good. I really like Nintendo, but Ubisoft, fuck, they tore up E3. Mm-hmm. I remember saying that, and I was firmly believing that Ubisoft owned E3 this year. And now look, it's just I don't know. It's just funny. I'm just reflecting. Well, it's but, funny. But I, I think to Ben's point, though, I mean, us as gamers, we're kind of being trained to be very forgiving, and the patch will come. And I think that's the thing mm-hmm. is that you probably what I would do is like if I was a big Assassin's Creed fan, I'd be like. Well, first of all, I don't know if I'd buy it right now, but I would probably be like, well, I can hold off for a couple months. They're going to have to patch it. Maybe I'll get it on a Black Friday for 50 or 40 bucks. And, you know, we're, we I think in general, we're, we're pretty forgiving and we've kind of been trained that way. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's I mean, it's PC seen patches forever. Shit. We we beginning ship, of time. Yeah, we ship patches all the damn time. I mean, and I know I mentioned this on this podcast, but King's Quest seven, we shipped back in 1997 i think and it was broken and, it, and the patch was in the box <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> it, it, the cd was already printed and it was like you know it was like brutal oh, wow. but it was the same scenario actually that year is that we were a publicly traded company sierra needed to have its biggest uh title out ken williams is the is the guy running the company you got to do it and it was a it was a stupid thing to do because we we got tons of these things back at that time you could send back a game to sierra and get your full money back regardless of whether you bought it from us or not so no shit it was brutal and we got thousands tens of thousands of them back the the numbers don't lie but i think the mentality nowadays is we'll put it out to market and then we'll just deal with the problems later because i mean some glitches are not going to become evident until people start playing but Mm -hmm. i have to wonder with games like unity and it it kind of i'm not gonna say it breaks my heart i'm not that dramatic but it certainly disappoints me that you know i have this nice next-gen console and assassin's creed is one of the flagship series for me and then to see it kind of in this state now 
keep in mind, a couple months down the road, the price is going to go down. They will probably fix most, if not all, of the issues. And then I'll be able to appreciate it as is. But it's kind of like this trend nowadays where I guess the quality is kind of suffering at the expense of just the need to rush it to market. And yeah, it's it's a trend that I don't like personally. But where do we draw the line? Who who draws a line and where do we draw the line and how do we draw the line? It's tough because it is, is this it is, is a business. serious issue. I, fuck, I got Drive Club day one. Guess what? Still doesn't fucking work online. The game really? broke. That's so messed Over up. Over a month after its release, it's still oh. broken and does not function properly online. That is a company owned by Sony. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's messed up, and there's even other things going on, too. I mean, one thing I do like is when there is a push for quality over expediency, and you do see that in some cases, because I'm not sure if you're aware, but a couple of years ago, there was this reveal where certain developers, they had a contractual agreement yeah. where if, they, if their game reached a certain aggregated score in Metacritic, they'd receive a bonus. Yeah. Like a monetary, a monetary payout. I was actually watching, um, I think it was an interview with Total Biscuit recently, and he kind of mentioned that. And I think it was Follow New Vegas fell one point short because of their glitches. Um, one reviewer took real umbrage with the glitches and the amount of bugs in the game, and that brought down their score. So they were one point away from getting a cash payout from the publisher. So, you know, there is a certain amount of push for, you know, your game to do well in the market. But I think what's being lost now is, you know, that, that focus on it. Right now, what they're looking to do is just get it out, get it in the hands of gamers, and just kind of deal with the fallout afterwards. You know, like Metal Jesus said, gamers are forgiving. You know, they'll take, they'll invest the money and then give you the time to kind of get it right. But, you know, getting back to Grand Theft Auto, though, I guess that's what's so shocking about Rockstar is that how incredibly well-made their games are for how, as, as incredibly complex that they are. And by the way, adding in a whole, you know, first-person mode and all these textures and like Jason was saying, upgrading all the code. Jesus, those guys fucking talented over there yeah give them a medal everyone else please take a look at what rockstar is doing you know they're just that's so good yeah if you look at like red dead redemption again not Mm -hmm. my favorite game but i would never deny the fact that it's a technical marvel but if you look at the time between their releases you know they kind of space them out enough to the point where they can refine it over time and Mm -hmm. they can build the game in a way that it's going to hit the market at the right time and be appealing to enough people i mean again gta is a franchise that kind of has a it has a brand recognition behind it. People expect certain things. The problem is when you get a series where it becomes yearly installments, you get the series fatigue coupled with just this mad rush to get them out. That's why, for me, every Call of Duty game feels the same as the last one. Right. Yeah, that's true. Is that there aren't a new need for or a new Grand Theft Auto every year. They don't even try mm-hmm. to do that. Oh, yeah. it's probably going to go the way of the the music rhythm games, Rock Band and Guitar Hero, and all that. Like just and Tony Hawk. Remember Tony Hawk? They did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Tony Hawk constantly and. I think that's what's happening to Assassin's Creed now. Like, I would not doubt it if the next Assassin's Creed is not next year, but like two years, three years from now. And I'd welcome that if it takes them that time to get it right. Now, there is a part of me that's hoping, you know, and there's a small smidgen of hope that the reason why The Last Guardian has been delayed this long is because they're trying to get it right. You just had to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm stirring the pot tonight. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm really worried about The Last Guardian, to to be totally honest, though. Like, it really worries me that after all these years, we still have not seen anything since like that trailer that they showed like three or four years ago. Yeah, it's becoming the Chinese. And they're supposedly still working on it. Like, what the fuck? I, I don't know. I'm worried. I, I'm hoping I'm just hoping and praying that when they show this, it's just going to blow my mind and I'm just going to it'll be worth the wait. But something inside me tells me it's going to be a totally different game than what people are expecting. Did they do the HD upgrade for the PlayStation 3 or did they outsource that? Do you know? Wait, what? 
the the uh, the the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus HD. Oh, like version. who actually did the HD version of it? I, I'm wondering if that was if that delayed them a little I bit. Doubt team, that was Team Eco, wasn't it? Did they do it themselves? I don't know. It's hmm. a good question. I mean, something Maybe. like that though, I don't think would really would really all, matter. It all depends on if they have to go back and recreate the textures, because I think that would be a very yeah, time-consuming process. But I don't know. Well, look at Duke Nukem. I mean, that was the product of one generation, then it transferred over to the next and then to the next. I mean, you know, if you can see the 14 year development cycle in the finished product, I didn't think it was that bad personally, but a lot of people were expecting something different. And I think the problem is, is that if you have it stretched out that far, you tend to breed these expectations and you can't possibly meet them. True. It would be impossible. It could be the best game ever, and people would still have issues with it. So the the only the only caveat to that though is that sometimes we we are blown away. I mean, look at Half Life Two. I mean, honestly, I remember at the time we we thought, oh, Half Life Two better be fucking amazing. Otherwise, you know, we're gonna go storm Valve, and it was amazing. You know, it was yeah, better really. than it was. It was better than we expected. It was. Like, I, th- I think people are gonna be disappointed by Half Life Three. I oh, think after all this hype and all these years. I really don't think it's going to live up to what people expect it to be. I agree. The, I, the only thing is that, I mean, Valve is a pretty smart company. And if they do something like, hey, you didn't think about this and we've added it. And, you know, then everyone's like, oh, my God, this is like the best thing. You know, and that's what they need. That one thing, whatever that's going to be, like the gravity gun. No one expected the gravity gun. Oh, my God, it's so awesome. You know, I think it's going to have to do because they're really like, look how innovative they were with the multiplayer of Left 4 Dead. And, mm. and even the multiplayer of like Team Fortress Two, I I really think Half Life Three, and I'm not a Half Life buff, so to, you know I could be wrong here, but I think they're going to incorporate some kind of like really innovative multiplayer to it, where like maybe people like Dark Souls style like control the enemies in the game, but they remain anonymous. You know what I mean? Like you'll mm-hmm. you'll be fighting, you'll be playing through your single player game, and then randomly, real life players will be controlling the enemies that you're fighting but you don't know who they are like they'll remain anonymous you don't get to talk to them that would be pretty rad yeah that would right be. something like that mm-hmm. yeah. speaking of which um i was kind of surprised that i was just thinking about this i forget the name of it but it you know world of warcraft had their blizzard had their huge announcement and they they are doing like essentially it looks like uh, uh it's a first person shooter but it's going to be like team fortress right from blizzard i haven't looked into it at all is that what it is yeah, that's what it is. And it oh, looks, right. Oh, Overwatch or whatever the hell it's called. It looks fantastic. And again, it's like Blizzard, really? What you and it looks it looks done. I mean, the the level of polish on it is really impressive. So go check that out. Because again, I I think some of some of these game companies are smarter than others that have deep pockets like Valve and Blizzard to to uh to kind of bust it out and do something fun and interesting. That yeah, sounds that's cool. cool. Yeah. Well, I do hope they don't fuck up Half-Life 3, because, I mean, that for me is one of my most anticipated games. Unfortunately, like, this is the fear that I have. I mean, I really enjoyed the Battlefield Bad Company games, part one and two. And then I was actually, I know a lot of people like Battlefield 3, but I was really let down that they went back to the, I don't know, I guess the very short campaign and kind of the Call of Duty style, like the more cinematic style. Yeah, it's, when they, that they it's might... when they started to sell it out to try to try to take some of the, the heat off of Call of Duty and kind of try to cash cow it a bit. Yeah, you know, and I miss I miss the bad company thing, like where you had a nice story, you had good characters, and it felt like mm. a fully fleshed single player game, mm. as opposed to just like a multiplayer shooter with like a campaign that serves more as training mode than anything else. I kind of fear they might do the same with Half Life Three. I think it's just the, the the pressure of the market might push them in that direction. I hope I'm wrong. But. Well, you know, we're like so many years down the road now. My my biggest fear on the whole Half Life Three thing is 
how are they going to execute this properly? I mean, and I agree, MJR. I mean, if there's any company that I want doing a game like that, it's Valve. <laughs> you know, I want them behind it because they are very smart and they're very strategic and they just don't fuck around. They just do. They just do whatever the fuck they want and they right. do it right. That's Valve. <laughs> They've always been that way. But I'm I'm kind of worried because, you know, Half-Life, Half-Life 2, actually, it's part of the anniversary. They're 10 years old. That game is 10 years old this year. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we're dealing with a game that's now 10 years old that ran on a game engine. Of course, one of the greatest ever created, the Source engine, uh, that's 10 years old. Are they still going to use that game engine? Are we going to upgrade to a new game engine and change everything? You know, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. I don't I think know that people to. are going to like that, though. But they have to. They cannot They cannot release a Half-Life 3 game on the old Source engine. They just can't do it. There's right. no way. So well, and, I think on top, of, on top of the anticipation, I think either, it's going to go one or two ways. Either everyone is going to be completely like let down and deflated because it's on a different game engine and it handles different and it looks totally different, or, or which more likely will happen, is it's going to be fucking amazing and it's going to blow everyone out of the water because it's going to look so good and on a whole nother level but it still has that that core half-life home feeling to it the one the one challenge i think i about this whole thing about sort of game engines and and you guys can tell me what you guys think about this but um i was lucky enough to see the the source engine before it launched i was at e3 that year and i and i was i was there as media and i went behind the scenes and they, they took me in this little room and they, they showed me some of the stuff and the reason why i bring that up is because at the time the source engine was doing some really cool stuff with physics right and i remember the guy he had a gravity gun and he picked up this mattress and he he dropped it down this mattress and the mattress kind of folded in on the, over this rock and then he showed the water effects and stuff like that and I do feel like, and you can you can talk about this with like you know Far Cry uh, Four, is that you know we're we're moving a little bit beyond the the water effects and the physics and stuff like that. Yes, blades of grass. I, I I'm I'm blown away by them as well. You know, and 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 all that sort of stuff. But how much more can you do with that? You know what I mean? It's like what? Right. what, what, what I mean, the only it, other. I, the only other step would be making the characters look more realistic because it's, yeah. it's still not at that point where if you look at games now, like no matter how hard they try to make those characters look real, you can still tell that they're computer generated. Yeah. So I think once we get to that point where you can't tell if that's a real person or computer animated, that's the next level. And what, was, what yeah, I was going to say, what game do you think does faces the best so far? <sighs> Surprising. I'd say, I'd say Ellie Noir. Surprising, because they actually used mm, a certain technology yeah. to kind of capture the facial expression. That's yeah. that's true. I also Heavy Rain was also really impressive, but that's still last gen. Um, I, for for me, it's not really realistic, but they did it really well. Was the uh, the Uncharted series? Mm-hmm. Those those characters, even though they were kind of cartoony looking, but but like it felt like their mouths and their eyes and everything were were moving the way that they should. Yeah. I'd say the hookers in Grand Theft Auto look pretty good. Except for the mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that was the jaggiest hair I've ever seen. It looked like an anime. It was pretty, pretty jaggy hairs. Um, but mind you, we say this every time we see like a new generation of gaming. We always say, you know, how could it get any better? They're always going to find a way to kick it up a notch somehow. I don't know if full photorealism is where we're at yet, but... Right. 
don't know. I think like if you look at the facial expressions, even from the 360, where they always look very almost like Ken doll like, you know, it wasn't yeah. there was very little life to it. Now, you know, you get the facial expressions, you get the wrinkles, you get the, you know, the eyebrows moving in different directions. They really put a lot of attention into the small details. They're going to find a way to kind of kick it up to the next level. I mean, one game I remember specifically was kind of a, a showpiece for this was the original Crisis. Because mm-hmm. if you remember going back to that, I mean, that was a shooter that you, at the time, you needed the top end of computer rigs in order to run it. But the level of detail, like the sunbeams coming through the trees, the foliage, all that stuff, it was groundbreaking. And I remember even seeing it. I wasn't even a PC gamer at the time, but I remember seeing it and thinking, how could it get any better than this? This is like the pinnacle. Yeah. And then they're always going to find a way to make subtle improvements. Again, we talked about how the leap from 360 to Xbox One or PS3 to PS4, it's not that dramatic because you're basically just kind of focusing more on the nuances and increasing the immersion. You're not really reinventing the wheel when it comes to graphics. So I think that's one thing that might work against the next Half-Life is that people are going to expect it to be like this amazing new creation when it's really just going to be probably a refinement on what they've seen already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the two, I mean, the two things that everyone really compares you know compared to like if this was 1996 (laughs) to today you know what are the what are the two things that everyone talks about between last gen and this gen for the most part i mean it's like what foliage and they talk about particle effects Mm -hmm. and they're like oh my god you know that's really where you're going to see lots of improvement is particle effects and sparks flying and all this sort of thing and things flying in the wind and the the blades of grass and the brushes and the trees and like wow you know that's that's a big thing but to get to that next level there has to be something else for that big jump yeah it's it's interesting to me that now in this generation we're focusing on the tiny details like grass blades. Isn't it funny? I know it's I know. like almost ridiculous. I, I, I can see I can see so many people going for botany degrees just because they got into gaming. <laughs> the but, tread on the tire is so realistic. But that's the thing people pick apart, and it's not even just because you're trying to make a case for one game being better than the other, but I find myself, even when I'm playing like Far Cry or Dragon Age or even like Forza Horizon, I'm just looking at the draw distances. I'm looking for pop-in. I'm looking for any imperfections just because, I don't know, I invested in a new generation console. I want to see how far it can actually go, and that's one thing they really got right this time. Like, Dragon Age has some pop-in and some jaggies, but the other games I've seen have been flawless in that respect. Here's a question for you guys, and you might need some time to think about this, so I'll go first, but what games in the past did you play and like some sort of graphical element to it whether it be like the grass or the draw distance or the lighting and it sort of made you just stop and go like wow holy shit this is the best i've ever seen in a game so like for example when i first played i bought the original splinter cell on the original xbox specifically because i thought that the shadows in that game and the lighting were just like drop dead amazing or or i didn't actually care for the game too much but you cut through cloth remember that and in the cloth be kind of like 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 it'd move you know like that that's an example of a game where the shadows just blew me away or a game like i remember crackdown on 360 and uncharted 2 specifically like the draw distances in those games draw distance was always a big oh no there's another no i know exactly what one and hello yeah we're here we're still here for some I, i heard someone I heard someone's like background noise cut out. Sorry, I, I, I had to I had to cough. I had to mute my mic. Okay, <laughs> so it's coming from Ben now. I know. Um, Smuggler's Run on the PS2. Oh, dude, mm. straight that's out. That game blew me away because of just the draw distance for a PS2 game was like you could see for being able to see mountains in the distance, and it's like wow, I can drive there. It was a big deal, you know. ATV uh, Off Road Fury also for me on that one. Draw distance huge. Yeah. Or games like Wave Race on N64 and seeing the water effects were just like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for 
for me, it was Unreal on PC. When when Unreal came out, yeah, I've been playing some third-person shooters, but man, Unreal was one of the first games that really had an engine that, that took it up another notch. And and you saw things like lens flare around, um, you know, oh, lights. That was like one yeah. of my favorite things in and, a game and, back then. Yeah. And I would stare at it, and I'd move my character around, and the lens flare would follow, and I thought that was so cool. And then in the very beginning of the game, and actually the beginning of Unreal is, is a great introduction to all that stuff because essentially you start off in this crash ship and then you go down this corridor and all of a sudden there's like this noise and then the lights turn off and again it was a dynamic level where all of a sudden now you're in the dark and something's rushing down the corridor at you and again it's just like all these new experiences with the graphics i also remember in that game you turn a corner and a door drops down and you can't quite see you can, there's like a little little uh space underneath and you you see all this stuff happening on the other side of the room like this kind of like the, this guy being attacked it was just like really immersive in a way that games had not been up to that point it was it was unreal it was very it was awesome. colorful too i always remember mm-hmm. that about it just you know just blown away by the maps uh oh you remember those maps i mean you played it online right I never played it online. Oh, Unreal, Unreal Tournament? Yes, Unreal Tournament, yes. Like Facing Worlds or... Uh, All the jumping around was oh really my awesome. God, yeah, with the translocator, whatever that weapon is. Mm-hmm. Shit, so fun. Mm-hmm. I guess mine would be, and I'm going to take it back even a little bit further, uh, to when I got my Super Nintendo, and I played Super Castlevania Four for the first time. Hmm. Because I was a big fan of the Castlevania games on the NES, and then I just remember, you know, me as this 12-year-old kid plugging into Super Nintendo for the first time, and you just see the fog effects. You see the little details in the background. Like you see little bats flying. In in the first stage, you see this massive fence kind of pop up from the ground. You see vines kind of twist around and rise up. It was a level of detail that you never really saw in a game prior to that. At least I hadn't. And there was other stages where the whole background is kind of rotating on you. And it gave this kind of element of 3D to it. For me, that is what signifies the leap from one generation to the next. Because that genuinely blew me away. Mm-hmm. And then you have the really nice orchestral music over top of that. So I don't know. It, it, it kind of goes back to that discussion about how, you know, each successive leap to the next generation has gotten a little less striking ever since, like from you know the PS2 to the Xbox 360 to the 360 to the Xbox one, they've kind of diminished a little bit in terms of just the wow factor. But that was one where I really got blown away. Uh, in terms of the newer generation stuff, I'd probably say water effects typically are what get me. Mm-hmm. And when I first when I first played Bioshock One, and then in the beginning, like you're shipwrecked and you see like the water effects with the fire kind of reflecting off it, that was amazing. And in the original Uncharted, where you see the water effects as you're kind of traversing um, through the environments, amazing. And, and, and speaking of Uncharted, in Uncharted Two, I think is the one where you are in that Tibetan city and you're you are on top of that building. That's exactly the point. That like when I mentioned Uncharted before, yeah. that was in my mind. When you get to the top and you look yeah. out, and it's like huge, expansive a city. And and it, and, it, and again, it's not a trick. It wasn't in three D or it wasn't like a you know a a painting or, or some sort of like you know flat background. It was it was really there. It was just stunning. I I love that. Actually, I've been wanting to go back and play that again just because I kind of miss it. Me too. You know? Me too. Yeah, yeah. Even the scene on the I train. I want to skip Uncharted One, but yeah. Well, the part with the moving train and that that even that wowed me mm-hmm. because it was so fluid and so it was smooth. And that's something because typically when I played a game like that on the PS One or the PS Two, it's very jagged, and you see the str- the screen tearing as the scene got faster. In this or, case, it was just like butter. Or the snow. Remember when he's he's trudging through the snow, and again, and it's like his feet and legs make, uh, you know, they they part the snow in a realistic way. I was just like, wow, that's so cool, you know. I yeah. that game. I know. 
I'm going to mention just quickly like three or four games here that stand out for me to answer your question there. Um, we have to mention Crisis. Crisis has always been a game that pushed, I think, boundaries of graphics or <laughs> I feel like almost they just they like to push the, the PC people on purpose <laughs> to uh, upgrade their shit is what I always say. <laughs> but Crisis is a game that looks beautiful and if you have a PC that can run it, good for you, but... Um, I always had a PC that could run it, but <laughs> you couldn't move because it was just so laggy. Um, next, I- I've mentioned this many, many times, but in my opinion, this game just is so amazing and everything about it is incredible. And that's, of course, Donkey Kong Country on the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Going back to that, I mean, I remember standing there on the snow levels p- specifically, like when the snow starts happening and the weather gets like more snow starts coming as it's dynamic as you progress through the level I'm like what the fuck am i experiencing i was blown away i would just stand there and you can see the different snow going from like two different angles oh my gosh I, and then the ice levels where it's like you you really have that depth that 3d depth of uh, ice like crystals in the background and they're purple and blue and they're also sparkling and they're emitting light like wow they really they really outdid themselves on that, and I think that's just a, a beautiful, beautiful game. Don't forget the water. Don't forget the water level there, like with the fluid. Uh, oh my gosh! Yes, oh, yeah. And then like the the, the tree levels, the treetop where you, I felt like I was a freaking Ewok running around up there. It's just so so cool, you know. Amazing mm-hmm. stuff with the depth that they did there with that. One um, game that really. Oh, you got another one, Jason? Yeah, I do. Okay, go. Ahead. Um, Arma three. You ever played that? Mm. That has a, a pretty good um, game engine in there where they really wanted to go with, um, re- like, basically get it as realistic as possible. And they have, I've never seen so many options in a game for graphics. Mm. <laughs> like Arma 3, there's so, so much. They have like 20 different settings for just the grass. It's <laughs> insane. So you can get crazy with that. And I like. I maxed it all out one time, just fucking crashed my computer, you know, I can't even do it. <laughs> so, but it's insane. Um, even running it on, like, high settings, it's so, like, the input lag is ridiculous, and I can't even move around. It's just, like, motion blur city, so. Uh, but that is a game right there, Armor 3, which, which looks very, very nice. I love it. Another one that came to mind for me, I'm sure you guys remember when the Xbox 360 was first launching, like it was a pretty big leap up from, you know, the past generation. So it seemed to be a trend where a lot of games were just taking objects in the game and just making them really shiny. And the biggest culprit of that is definitely Perfect Perfect Dark Dark Zero. (laughs) Like I remember just being blown away, like the whole game was like fucking Windexed and shined up the max. Like you'd look at a concrete (laughs) wall and it would be like looking at a mirror. But I was just so blown away. I'm like, wow, this is the next generation. Like the characters themselves, their faces were like saran wrapped. Like it was just as silly as it looked. I just thought that like the lighting effects and the shininess was just like so mind-blowing at the time it was so over the top though it looked like a world covered in like ky or something <laughs> <laughs> but it's still it was so impressive looking to me because i'm like wow this is next-gen technology it was and this is 2005 keep in mind i mean console gaming at that point you know we weren't used to that level of detail and that level of graphical fidelity i think we've you know th- that to me was also kind of a wow factor i didn't get an xbox 360 until about 2009 but i remember going over to friends houses and just being like wow like, it was incredible do you guys remember when cell shaded games were first starting to come out? I remember being like blown away. I'm like, oh my god, it's like I'm living in a cartoon. I remember the one game that really 
really impressed me was this game called Cell Damage. It was sort of like a twisted mm. little cartoony type game, which I actually loved. I, I wanted to get a copy of that game, actually. Did it only come out on Xbox or was it PS2 as well? Uh, I have it on the GameCube. So it was oh, okay. Xbox, I believe. Mm. Uh, do not buy the, the they released like an HD port for the new systems that you can download. Don't buy it. Because first of all, they don't have online. But the biggest thing, the biggest mistake that they made, cell damage was always a one-hit kill kind of game. So the weapons you'd have, like you'd have a giant axe. So it's a cartoony kind of game. So you'd have a giant axe or a giant mallet. If you hit the enemy with that, it kills them automatically. And that was sort of always unique to the game. And now they added a life bar, so it's no longer like one-hit kill style mm. uh, combat. So it, it's a really fun game if you can find it for yeah. five. It's totally worth it. But the gra- like cell-shaded graphics, when those are first starting to come around, I, f- I was just like so impressed like jet uh jet grind radio or whatever jet set uh radio mm-hmm. I, always, mm-hmm. now, I always get confused like jet set radio future jet grind radio it's one of those series where i always it's sort of like uh ghosts and goblins or ghosts and ghouls to me like i always no matter what i always get the names mixed up it's weird that they changed it so, so you know subtly like that i kind of wish they would have stuck with probably that, you know why I mean? yeah, yeah. Wait, it says here it's on the playstation 4 can you is that where you can download it there on the hd you're talking about yeah, don't don't buy. Uh, okay, so either GameCube, Xbox, or PS2. Mm. I don't, was it on the PS2? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Is it, it was okay. Yeah, mm. it looks awesome. I've never even heard of this game. Oh, you would like that, it, Jason? Neither have yeah. I actually. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. I think as far as cell shading games go, I always thought that the uh, the Dark Cloud series did that very well. Yeah, well, the second yeah the second one was cell shaded and it looked amazing. Yeah. But I still like the first one. My, 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 first two, my first two intros to Cell Shaded were Wind Waker and uh, Wild Arms 3. Oh, Wild Arms, oh, Wild Arms 3. 3. I forgot about that being Cell Shaded. It was different because I love the original Wild Arms games and they were all, they're kind of like your typical top-down kind of JRPG style. And then they kind of flipped it over with the PS2 iteration and they made it like the Cell Shaded, very Western-themed one. Where it, has, like a, it had a hatch. like or It had like a, like this kind of like uh, filter over it too, right? Yeah. Oh, it, was actually, that filter. it was actually really cool. It's a very mm-hmm. underrated entry in the series. A lot of people kind of go for the first two, but I think Part 3 is a really good one as well. I also think 4 is really good. I haven't played 5, but Wild Arms 5, I, I mean 4, I really enjoyed. That's I, I, I need to get back to that series it's been so long since i played those games they need to make a new one they need to take wild arms and sui coden and make new iterations of them yeah that's another whole other whole other topic <laughs> one, one more cel-shaded game do you guys remember auto Modelista? oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. capcom yeah, that, dude that game is a pain in the ass though it's like driving on glass I, yeah it's so drifty i bought yeah. it i remember it was it was in the time where i was like playing socom and i remember all my socom buddies and i were we were so excited because anytime a new ps2 game came out that had online it was a big deal because back then you know not every game that came out had online it was very few and selective so we were all excited because it was like the first racing game we were going to be able to play online together and we were excited because the graphics were cell shaded it was so unique mm-hmm. and different then when we played the game garbage like yeah. like you said it's like driving on ice it sucks yeah, yeah the handling is horrible yeah what about the, um mjr what about killer seven? Oh, true I need yeah to get that game still it's on my yeah, radar i cannot find it anywhere i've been looking for it forever yeah a fantastic weird ass game but yeah beautiful i love its art style yeah so something very off topic, actually, and it's very kind of time sensitive, but I have to say it. Have any of you checked out the Humble Bundle site yet to see mm-hmm. what they have on the weekly bundle? No. Go there now and check it out. It's one of the best Humble Bundles I've seen in ages. I oh. bought one last week for six bucks. You know, I always buy these fucking Humble Bumble, humble Bundles. Isn't there a site called Humble Bumble as well? <laughs> I swear to God, there is. Is it like a B porn site or something? I don't know. <laughs> every Every time I buy one of these bundles... 
I never, I, I maybe download one game and like the other ones just sit in my hard drive for eternity and I forget that I even own them. That's my well, problem. Well, well, my reason for doing so is because I really wanted to play the game Blackguards, which has been, I think, like 40 bucks on Steam forever. And it's part of this bundle. So if you pay 12 bucks, you get the whole shebang. And it comes with Saints Row the Fourth, uh, Grid 1 and Grid 2, Euro Truck Simulator, the new Half Minute Hero, Kickbeat, Steam Edition, Tex Murphy. Which I'd like to... That's a new Tex Murphy game, isn't it? Yeah, the, it's called Tesla Effect, a Tex Murphy adventure. Is that the new one or is that the old one? I think it is the new one. It came out like two years ago, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd love to play this. Yeah. Sorry, it's, it's uh, off topic and probably completely time sensitive, but I, I just bought into this for 12 bucks, and it's one of the best values I've seen in ages. 12 bucks? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good. I actually I, I did this last week when it, they launched it because I, I really wanted Grid 2. Mm. It's been like 40 bucks on Steam forever. Yeah, and you get all these extra games. The one thing I did, though, I made the very big mistake because it gives you Insurgency, and it gives you three extra copies to give away. Oh, I made cool. It, I, I posted the link on Twitter and said, anyone wants a free copy of Insurgency, go here. The bots snapped it up in, like, two fucking seconds. The bots got it? Yeah. There's bots I, that steal codes? Yeah, there's bots on there. If you actually type in, I have free Steam games, you will get responses within seconds. And what do they do to try to sell them or something? Is that what they do? I have no idea. But huh. it's, every every time I've done that, now nowadays I'm just DMing people to give free Steam games because often you'll come in with extras. Like with this bundle, there were maybe two games that I already own, so I was figured I'll just give them to people. And with Insurgency, I didn't even plan to play Insurgency, but it gave me three extra copies. So I'm like, here, give them away to anyone. And then they got snapped up literally within two seconds. You should wow. play it. It's a really good game. Mm-hmm. All right, I have something off topic here. Um, Pete, Pete Dorr. Mm-hmm. I, I started my first MOBA game. Oh, God. MOBA. Tell me, Smite. Oh, Pete's enthusiasm. It's not Smite. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Oh, me, God. I don't play anything but Smite. Well, well so here, here's the deal. I've been waiting for this game because the Apple showed it at the, at the, the thing as, as a highlight for, like, the latest and greatest on tablets. Oh, and tablet MOBA. Oh, is it tab- that game? Shit, I forget the name of it. It started by the people who made Clash of Clans, and it's called Vainglory. Have you heard about this? Never heard of it. Dude, it's free to play. It's totally legit, and I am fucking hooked to it. It, it hooked on it. It's it's so is awesome. It like, is it three versus three, five versus five online? What is it? Uh, it's so far it's three versus three, and um, yeah, it's you know, all by handle, honestly. But it's impressive. Vain glory, vain glory. Go to vainglorygame.com. Check it out. It's dude. It's pretty freaking cool. Like. Um, for one, it's optimized for for tablet, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, it needs to have the virtual stick." But actually, these guys got it. They showed they showed demo of hardcore mobile players playing this, where they're they're doing some crazy shit with it. But I played a game. So first of all, I don't know very much about these massive online battle games, whatever. But I, I watched, I played the tutorial. It allows you to go solo and kind of learn the map. And then I jumped into uh, my first multiplayer game with some random people, and I had a freaking blast. And it's hardcore. Like, my game lasted, I think, 40 minutes, which, again, is, is you know, I'm on a tablet. I'm on a mobile device. But it was down to the wire. Like, it was the last couple seconds. It, w- it was touch yeah, and go. It was like I was sweating. We were we were struggling to win, and, and then we finally pulled off this final blow and uh, won the match. And it was it was pretty awesome. So... I recommend I that out. Yeah. Right, now here's the problem. Here's 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 news for you, Metal Jesus. I actually this actually happened before I went to Portland, and I forgot to tell you. So remember, like that episode where we were talking about the iPads and shit, like for mm-hmm. quite a while, talking about upgrades. 
not even kidding, like a day or two after, my iPad cracked. Your new one or old one? My old one. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> okay. your iPad two. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, because it was it was just so ironic because just after we got done talking where i'm like yeah i'm gonna trade this in and put it towards the new one oh. i think it because I, I brought it with me to college and i had it in a backpack that wasn't well padded and i'm assuming that someone either like stepped on my bag by miss like at some point in that day i brought it home and it's it's like cracked so you know, you know what um apple buys back these uh, ipads and, and iphones and all that sort yeah, of shit they'll give you something for it they will because they yeah, can not use as all much the money though well, yeah, but but I mean, honestly, if you think about it, I mean, that screen is probably dirt cheap for it's probably forty dollars for Apple. So you should see how much you can get for it, because they 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 do that. I mean, officially, they they take that stuff back now and they give you credit. G- GameStop will do the same. You might be able to get a pre-owned game with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a Wii shovelware game, but yeah, yeah, really Bigfoot. I mean, at that point, I'd rather give it to somebody I know than fucking trade it in. You, you, you can know, find us another find us another copy of Hello Kitty Racers. There you go. Mm. I mean, I can still I can still browse and play games on it, but I don't want to like put a lot of pressure on the screen in case. Yeah. You know. Well, Vainglory, the reason why I want to mention it because it, it's pretty awesome, and there's no ads in it or anything like that. You basically, you know, it, it's. I How put, do they make their money though? Um, as far as I can tell, you buy the people you play as. Yeah, and what they do, it seems like they they cycle through heroes, and so there's a bunch of heroes in the game, and you know, depending on on the day or the week, you you have to play unless you buy a hero. Um, you have to play whatever they're providing for free that day, which again, for me, is not that big a deal because I want to kind of be uh, inspired to play other types of, of characters. So that's kind of cool. But you could also just buy your own. And I think it's like two bucks. It didn't seem like it was expensive. So, um, yeah, I again, I, I'm not I'm not huge into these games, but I've, I've gone through this one quite a bit, put many, many hours into it so far. And it's it's got a ton of strategy involved the map is really big the graphics are great controls really well so and here's the great thing like once you learn how to play like one moba you essentially know how to play all mobas so if you ever decide to go and play another one you'll be pretty much set for the most part it's stressful too like i had no idea how much actually goes into these things i'm thinking oh yeah it's kind of like command and conquer no 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 it's like so much hinges on you if you do bad your team is brought down well, not only that, but just how the, the the battle changes over time. Like everyone's leveling up, right? So you In start the off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're fairly weak, and everyone's kind of trying to to do their own thing. But like in this game is really fun because you have mines that you can take over, and those mines basically will will beef up your your minions that that run the lane. And so you want to kind of control these mines. But then there's this kraken that is in the middle of the map. And that's actually what turned the tide for us is that we basically decided to to raise this Kraken. And once this Kraken was marching down the path, he destroyed everything, which just turned the battle for us. It was really fun. So anyways, I'm all giddy about it. So check it out. Yeah, I'm watching <laughs> a video on, on YouTube on it right now. And I'll probably I, I definitely remind me when I get around to eventually upgrading to the new yeah. iPad, probably sometime this holiday. Yeah. Remind me about this game again. It'd be fun to jump into a game with you. It'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, th- th- here's the thing, like Smite, pricing-wise, when that game went into beta, I've been playing that game for like two and a half years now, they put out a thing where you can spend $35, you get all the heroes or the gods, they call them in Smite. So essentially all the characters that are out, and then all future characters forever for free. So wow. I paid $35, and now every character, they're up to 60 of them now. I get all of them for free. Forever. Shit, for for a game you've played for two years, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah, definitely. 
I'm gonna put way more money in it than that because you, you can buy. T- <laughs> oh, okay. You, you buy gems to get like exclusive skins and shit and voice packs and stuff like that. That's but how they get it's you. better than being forced. Yeah. Like League of Legends, I know that game forces you to buy every hero. You know they alternate free ones, like you said. Mm. But if you ever want to own and play whatever characters you want at any point in time in League of Legends, you have to buy them all, and that's very expensive. So it's very nice that Smite offers a, a you know, an opportunity like that to just get everything. Yeah. Cool. 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 Well, I got to pee. <laughs> and as usual, at the end of this podcast, I always have to pee because I, I always drink my uh, my tasty beer. What, what beer are you drinking? Um, it's a it's it's my favorite Friday beer, which is a Trader Joe's um, chocolate uh, stout, which is like not too chocolatey, so it's not you know like like. It, it, it's perfect. It's really good. So you don't pour it out and like a Snickers bar comes out <laughs> whole. It, yeah, really. That's what I like, like about chocolate stoves. They look the same going in and coming out. Oh dear. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. No, no, it's been a great episode, guys. Yeah, good, good chat. Mm-hmm. Do we mention where where John was, or is it too late? We probably don't. <laughs> By the way, for those of you oh. that are listening, John couldn't join us. <laughs> By the way, you know, John, too, he's going to probably text you like, you motherfuckers didn't say shit about me. (laughs) He's hanging out with Gary the Cat Killer, actually, for those of you that remember way back. This is true. This is true. His brother. Yeah, his brother. Well, in in our defense, we did go into the episode with GTA porn, so I think any semblance of a structured podcast from there was it was I'm not going to happen. Curious to like actually listen because I don't listen to the episodes like because I would be kind of weird to go back and listen to ourselves talking. But I'm kind of curious to go back and listen to this episode to kind of hear what the <laughs> listeners are hearing. <laughs> the, the reactions are going to be quite interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, I'm sure, there's a lot of younger listeners that are that are probably like. I'm sure apologies to family because we know that there's some uh, fathers out there that probably listen to this with their kids and whatnot. We apologize ahead of time. Well, maybe not ahead of time. We apologize afterwards for any damage this has caused. Considering we talked about real dolls on the previous episode, I think that ship has sailed. It will be true. all right. The ship I mean, they had thing, right? <laughs> I mean, we said we're about to queue up the video. We're an explicit podcast. We, I think people know what to expect. It's been that and way hey, for years. And hey, if, if they think this is bad, tell them to listen to Rad Rascals sometimes. We just get way worse. That's for damn sure. Yeah, Metal Jesus, you were a victim once, I remember. Oh, yeah. Scarred <laughs> for life. I'm never going back. <laughs> he, walked, he walked funny for a week after. <laughs> so, but it was worth it. It definitely was. So, yeah, that's. I guess that's it for episode 184. It's 184, yeah. right? <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I'll go with I that. believe so. I yes. have no idea. Yeah, last. We, uh, yeah. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh! Yes, you too. And, hey, uh, you guys play the crew. Let's get on there. Yeah, actually, I'll I'll, I'll jump on that because I want send I me a Facebook message when it comes out. So I, I will because it's public. So December second, yeah, but the beta comes out. You said this weekend or next weekend, right? The twenty fifth through the twenty seventh. Oh, the game comes out December second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but the beta is is in a few days here. Yeah, so Tuesday, Tuesday or Thursday of next week for those listening. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Is this a $60 game on PC? It is, yes. <sighs> All right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm there, though, Pete. I'm on it. So, you and me. All right. We'll think see. about it. Let's get as it much in. as I'd be tempted to get, get it on the Xbox or PS4, it just seems like a game that I need to play with Jason, you know? Yeah. We're just chop, we're just chop liver here. Yeah. Yay, I'm not chop liver tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the tor- the torch is... The torch has been passed. Middle fingers are out. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck you. 
Well, I think I think Metal Jesus' bladder is about to burst. So we probably go should. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna wet himself. His depends already soaking through. <laughs> no, I think Metal Jesus is lying. I think he just wants to go play some more Vainglory. I think he's addicted. Well, I, bring shit with you I will be taking my iPad in there. Let's be clear. Oh, he's doing it. Get <laughs> some time on the throne there. There we go. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, well, guys. It's been awesome. Yeah. Good times. Good chatting. And we'll see so, you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.